Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. You heard her. Let's get down to to it, boppers. It's the Ron and Fez show. I think you're very familiar with the phone number now. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What is it, Fez? 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Oh, I hear the substance. In that voice, I hear the weight. I hear the confidence. No breakfast today, Pepper Hicks? Oh, no. He just held up the poster. That fucking Zito was walking around with the poster. Laughing. Yeah, like it's Chinese New Year. Every time you hear that song, Fuzzy, it must just go right through you. Yeah, it makes me wish I could feel the confidence to come in breakfastless. You know what it is? When you hear that song, it's like when Michael Landon used to run home and try to take down his pissy uh, bed sheets that his parents would hang out front. That's what that song is. It's an audio pissy bed sheet. Now, Higgs, I see, you know, I'm disappointed every day. You're happy because you like a nice breakfast. That's coffee. Zito yeah. gets nothing out of it, but he dances around with that poster in a Chinese New Year way. It's a nice poster, Ron. Oh, that fucking Zito. It's kind of like you know, garbage. What? That oh. poster, it's literally like garbage. Well, you know what? Well, you got a dumpster dive sometimes. You're not always... We weren't fucking born with a fucking silver spoon in our fucking mouths. We were born with a grapefruit spoon in our eyes. We gotta take it where we can get it. This ain't fucking rock and roll. This is genocide. I fucking stated that yesterday. Alright, uh, I didn't see the Lady Gaga thing the other night on 60 Minutes. Did you happen to see it, uh, Hicks? I saw parts of it. Uh, but apparently she was bragging to Anderson Cooper about the fact that um, she smokes pot and she's written her songs on pot. Can you and the fucking tweens, the 20 tweens, still brag about smoking pot like it was 64? Uh, no, she's fucking not living in this world. She's out of touch. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about because everyone fucking and the smokers currently smokes pot. Now, I would also like to bring this up with our musicians, whether it's jazz, blues, pop, or rock. Uh, you know, we're disappointed if someone in baseball uses steroids and gets the drug help. Why aren't we angry and saying that's not fair and when someone writes a great song when they're high? It's like using enhancement drugs. Yeah, these guys are fucking doping. What the fuck? I think all the Beatles records should be fucking wiped off the number one charts since they love the acid so. Well, at least throw an asterisk next to them. Okay, all right. <laughs> and then we ought to put out a fucking album just called The Asterisk, fucking songs that don't count because they were written on dope. And people will brag about it. And, like, it's not even like hard rockers. Like Paul Simon has said, he used to write everything after smoking a little bit of fucking weed. It just fucking opened them up. There you go. Cheating! You think fucking Joe DiMaggio smoked a joint during his 61-game streak? No. Fuck no. Clean and sober. That's the way to do it, my friend. Clean and sober. I wouldn't know, but, you know. When's the last time you think you had a completely sober day? Oh, it's been a long time, honey B. Now, Fez, I hear, I noticed that for the second day in a row, you're not picking up for the Lady Gaga. And that's when I attacked her the other day, and I get it. 
But just to let you know what a beacon of fucking truth I is, you know, I am, or I is, like Popeye. You know who's turning on her now? Who's that? Who's that? Is the gays. Yep. The gays are incredibly offended by this shitty song. They said, nobody asked you to carry a fucking flag for us, bitch. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. And some of the head gays are doing it, too. The editor of Out Magazine is fucking coming out against her. Good. What did he have to say? He said Gaga Schmaga. All about right, that's her. fucking classic. That's why the gays are so witty. Schmaga. Why can't I think of shit like this? Um, let's go over here to Lois. Lois, you're on Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, you yeah. were just talking about um, how people uh, take drugs and they get inspired to do a lot of creative things. Um, Stephen King wrote a lot of his best books coked up. I heard he wrote just like a series of books, just nonstop. Yeah, that's why they fucking, they have a beginning, a middle, more middle, more middle, <laughs> and then finally an ending. And the ending is fast, like, oh, fuck, I'm tired. I really, seriously, I feel like I got to get some food in me, but I'll throw it up. Let's wrap this shit up quick. Um, but, you know, it, it all comes down to this. Is that cheating now for Stephen King? That's kind of fucking cheating. Now, normally when I'm uh, coked up, I would only write fucking emails. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Oh, it's going to be a rough one today, Pep. Even when I tried to grab him by the hand and pull him in. Oh. Not even an opinion on the gaga. Come Here's on. a Matt. Welcome, Matt. You're on the Ron Fez Show. Thanks, Ron. I have a uh, Japanese number one. Uh, Japanese uh, number one. Le Dave did this voice for me. He's good that way. Thank you, sir. It's a... Uh, Scottish Wolfhound won uh, Westminster Best in Show last night. Goofy-looking big dog. Is that a shocker that that dog would win? Oh, it's, it's, it's supposedly from what they were saying last night, it's been it was in the very first Westminster in like 1870s, and it's never won Best in Show. Now, I wanted to be part of that. I signed up for the judges and for to actually help them produce that entire show, and uh, I came up with a couple things that I thought would have more people watching. A, each one of the dogs would have to catch a frisbee, and B, uh, chase the paper boy. And they didn't go with those ideas. Tell you the truth, they had a black guy as the first thing down, and then I fucking crossed it out, put paper boy. Not only did they not go with it, but they actually said to me, and I'm going to quote this. I said good day, sir. That's their way of saying goodbye. Wow. And then I started screaming out, Lady Gaga is a pothead. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. We are here for you today. Now, it's a slightly different show. Fez had a bad night last night. Yeah. Locked up. Um, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it at some point in the show. Is that when you'll feel like jumping in and be a part of this? Uh, yeah. Get I'll all the yeah, all the dirty details. Did he give any of them to you, Hicks? Uh, no. None at all. Nothing. Mm. I got nothing, Ronnie B. From the Fez man. Mm. Uh, Scott, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ron, how you doing this morning? Uh, Ichiban for you. Ichiban. Ichiban. Paul Watson and the rest of the crew of the Sea Shepherds have turned away the Japanese whaling fleet. They've given up the hunt for the season. They're going home with their tail between their legs. Uh, are you a big follower of these guys? Are they getting between the whales and the boats? 
Well, I used to think it was there were a bunch of hacks, you know, and joke on them and stuff like that. But then I started watching the show, getting into it a little bit more, and I think it's pretty good. There's no reason to kill a damn whale. I mean, it's just let's leave it the fuck alone. Let's swim in the water. The thing is, uh, Scott, and I know you know he's so known the old time, but my dad still uses whale oil lamps, and <laughs> I can't bear the thought that he is uh, sitting there in the dark. Now, the other thing that they use it for is perfume and i guess it's going to be perfume for fat girls because i can't imagine that a thin girl wants to smell like a whale smother herself in fat it doesn't make any sense uh what's the uh best smell for uh a girl hicks oh flowers Come really on. you like a girl smell like flowers yeah flowers yeah hmm. it's beautiful uh, I like when they smell like my cum. See what I did there? I took it, I twisted it around, I made it work. A little locked up today, though. What's wrong? I don't know. I had a bad night. What happened? I had a dream. What happened in the dream? Nothing. I can't remember it. Just I'm all weirded out by it, though. But if you don't remember it, then... Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Dan, you're on my fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, uh, going back to the drug topic, um, as far as, like, art and music and writing, I think that um, weed and drugs are kind of, like, synonymous with that. But as far as, like, uh, athletics, it should be more about, you know, strength and natural ability and stuff like that. I don't know. Again, why shouldn't the art and music be about natural ability? It, it just, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's more about mind altering. Don't you think that it's fucking crazy? That guys are bitching about people being on steroid, and while they're bitching, they're doing bong hits watching the game. And no, fuck... there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody, everybody should be doing bong hits, man. Again, everybody. unless you happen to be Ricky Williams, and then they act like you're a fucking maniac. It's very, very strange. Uh, eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, here's our buddy Brian. You're Ron Fez. Hey, good morning, Ron Fez Pepper. Uh, the reason that people don't get upset when a uh, great book or a great piece of music or art is uh, is um, is done by someone on drugs is because nobody gambles on what position on the New York Times bestseller list or on the Billboard charts a great song or a great book is. People gamble on baseball or football, and if someone's on steroids, it, uh, you know, it may affect their bet. You don't know how much money I lost on Justin Bieber the other night. But then, two... If steroids come into it, then it's a uh, level playing field again, and keep your bets going. Yeah, action on the Grammys? Yeah, I always do. I was one of those people screaming, who the hell is Arcade Fire? I thought that was Bieber's. Do you go to Twitter for that, throwing those out there? Yeah, I did. I go on Twitter, <laughs> and I just yell, who's Bieber? What the fuck? Um, and then I re- retweet, who's Bieber? RT, motherfucker. You're not out of Twitter, are you, Hicks? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't embraced Twitter as of yet. What, do you Facebook it? I barely even Facebook. I'm just trying to not even get into the social. How do you get media. out there and pro- uh, pro- um, promote high society, your fucking side project? I think one of the other guys I work with, they have a, they have a high society page on. Uh, Who Facebook. are the other guys? Uh, it's Bronx Johnny, former intern for the Ron and Fez show, mm-hmm. and my buddy Chris from Brooklyn. The three of us do high side radio. I sent you an email today. Did you not get some liquor from a uh, from somebody that you were supposed to say thank you on the air? That's Go Pack Joe. Go Pack Joe on Twitter. He is a wonderful human being. He sent me countless cartons of cigarettes, and he sent me a bottle of uh, Wisconsin whiskey. I think you're a little sweet on him. I, I think we're a little sweet on each other. That That's man's, good. 
fucking give me a bunch of fucking cigarettes and liquor. Now, did you ever find out if those uh, soft uh, books came in, the soft cover books? I'm looking for them. I didn't go to ONA. I think they might have went to the talent department because I've seen a couple of them floating around. So I'm waiting for someone from talent to get in, and I'm going to track that down. Yeah. Well, I, I see people from talent in. Well, there's one person that isn't in yet. Who? Uh, Laura. I saw her as I got off the elevator oh, well, today. what the hell? I must have just missed her then. And then she actually, uh, just with her delicate fingertips, uh, grabbed each side of her dress and curtsied as I walked by. Oh, my God, that's classy. Oh, she's lovely. She's all class, that one. All class. And let me tell you this. All the guests are sweet on her, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, they love her. They just love her. Uh, more Brian's. You're on the Run and Face Show. What's up, Ronnie B? Yeah. Uh, there's a big football game on today. I'm talking about soccer and the Champions League, Arsenal versus Barcelona. Now, who do you want for this, my friend? Uh, you know, I, I got to go with Arsenal. Barcelona's probably going to kick their ass, but... Barcelona's having one of those years, right? Yeah, they're like the best team in the world. Somebody said that they were like the best team in the history of the world. That they are that. coming on better than any club team ever. So I need that uh, game on today, 2 o'clock. What channel is it on, Brian? I think it's 2.45. Two, uh, the time is 2.45. Uh, who knows what channel? ESPN, Deportes, uh, or... I can OPV. try and find a feed for it. For I'll us. get soft cover on it. He'll be able to take right, care of it for me. Stop. Later, buddy. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Let's go over here to Earl. Earl, you're on the Run Fez show. Looking for your Chibons. Um, I, I just to, uh, I was calling to let you know my favorite small woman is desperation. That's a good joke. That is a fine joke. That's someone uh, adding to the program. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Let's go over here now to uh, Chad in Montana. You're in Fez. Hey, Ron, I have a college football Ichiban. Interesting. Joe Montana's son, Nate Montana, is playing for the University of Montana. That's brilliant. So he's going to have Montana on the front of his jersey and on the back of his jersey. Correct. Take your phone. Take your phone and get pictures of that for me. Now, is this his old, oldest? I'm not sure how Doesn't many. Doesn't he have one kid from... playing at Notre Dame? Yeah, he's got this... one at Notre Dame. And, I, this and is... not a starter. No, not a starter. And Nate is the one who I think just got out of high school. Um, no, well, Nate, that's why Nate he played for. In the college. Uh, Chad, is he a quarterback also? Nate, Nate, Nate is the one that went to Notre Dame. He played one year at Notre Dame and then went to a, uh, another college and then came back to Notre Dame, and I was third string and decided that he wanted to start, so he came to Montana. All right, well, best of luck to him there. Um, interesting. I thought we followed Notre Dame football here, Hicks. I thought that was the thing. I couldn't remember. Used to follow it, I guess. You love this North American scum, huh? LCD sound system. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> like the Undertaker always said, rest in peace. I much like the zombie Undertaker more than the biker Undertaker. Were you all excited that Jericho was in here today? Y2J. Dropping Y2J. some backstage talk. That's right, Y2J, baby. It's very uh, funny that any of the guys that used to work for Vince hate him. The guys that work for him never say a word. But, like, even in the 80s, you'd see Bruno San Martino. Guy's a dick. <laughs> and, like, Hogan's like, he's just jealous. Then when, when Hogan's time is over, what a dick. Um, here's uh, Dave. Dave, you're on my face. 
so long, guys. Yeah. I got a Ichiban for you. Mr. Fez Wiley once again has said a whole grand total of 16 words in 18 minutes. Way to support the team, Fez. Fez had a very, very rough night last night, and he's locked up this morning. Very rough. And you're going to get to that a little later on in the show, Fez, about how locked up you were? Yeah, yeah. It was a, uh, I, I'm going to bet it was very tough. It was. But you're here now where you are safe and sound. Everything's okay. It's like Lady Gaga's fucking weird egg cocoon. Nothing's going to happen. That's what I consider this fucking studio, Hicks. I know you're joking, but this is an egg cocoon. And if you were born this way, you are safe here. And on the outside is straight assholes. I'm so proud of the gays. Just yesterday, I, I begged them to turn. It's great. And now they have, which kind of makes me king of the gays. All right, I mean, you want that title, or? Well, it's better than king of the dipshits. Okay. There's worse titles to have. Now it's something starting to grow on me, though. It's getting better and better. I was born this way, too, straight. Straight and cool. And you don't know how fucking tough it was in school to be fucking surrounded by people who weren't. It's fucking awful. Don't be a drag, be a queen. <laughs> to me, the people that I went to school with look exactly like the people in the Crosstown bus. There's no fucking difference. Born this way. All right, turn her off. Yeah, but she's got to be crushed fucking hearing that the gays here hate her, right? But I bet she's freaked out a little bit. This I is like she's... Jesse Jackson saying the the blacks are sick of you. He's like, what? <laughs> what That's my wrong? fucking P1s, motherfucker. That's where I get paid. This isn't good. The gay said, stop preaching and just start shaking your fucking uh, little jaw ass. Yeah, just, just make dance music. Don't uh, try to become a fucking spokesperson. I like that you said spokesperson. Yeah. I like to put everything as person. Gender like, neutral. Like if I see like a fire breaking out, I'll say, is uh, someone call a fire person? <laughs> I'll go out of my way. Call the police person. Don't want to offend. There's a problem. Get a hold of a police person and get them to come here. I wish they could come up with nurse person so that when you see that fucking male nurse come over to you, and he goes like this, let's get some blood. You don't get nervous. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll grab his hand. I'll go like this. Tell me the truth. Did you already use this needle? Look at oh, me. Oh Did you use this needle? No. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. Today is um, a weekday. Um, good news for sports fans. Mike Vick is finally going to sit down and talk with Oprah. Now, there was a big bet, Hicks. There was a big bet going back and forth that Pierce Morgan bet Oprah 100 British pounds. Come on. That he would be able to get Mike Vick and not uh, Oprah. And Oprah will be collecting the 100 pounds, which is kind of a brilliant PR uh, move because it just keeps him in Oprah's story. He has nothing to do with this. And then people are writing... 
because uh, I guess this will be a big interview that people want to hear him cry to Oprah, Mike Vick. I never should have had them dogs fight. I never should have let them dogs fight. Um, his point was it's so much fun when the dogs bite each other. That's a good point. Not defensible. This is not a defense that you can use. I like making money off things killing each other. What the fuck? You don't understand. They wouldn't let us let babies fight each other. Because what they wanted to do is get babies and tie butcher knives to their fucking hands and have them just slap each other until one was dead. Oh, my God, Michael Vick. Now, they say that any one of these pit bulls is as smart as a 15-year-old boy or a 3-year-old girl. Either way, they have that kind of intelligence. And I, I don't believe it because even a little kid is smart enough to run away rather than sit there and be in a fucking bite fight. Yeah, really, in a pit somewhere. You try to get in the pit and try to bite someone. That's how they fucking do it. With the three-year-olds, they do it in a ball pit. That is true because of, like, where they go to eat their pizza. They're young. Mark Burrell, the, uh, a white, uh, the White Sox pitcher, was saying the other day that... Um, he would watch Mike Vick games and just wish that he would get hurt. He says bad things have to happen to these people. Oh, I get it. Mike Vick is going to have to carry this around forever. And not everyone needs to forgive him. Now, it's a matter of whether he gets to go back to work or not. But, no, Mike Vick is never going to uh, be... Beloved, No matter how good he does, he can win a Super Bowl and a certain amount of people are going to hate him. And that's his fucking thing. He's got to carry that. It's not he. I don't think he could ever be in the position of, hey, I did my time. You need to forgive me. No one needs to forgive him. Now, you can't, you know, stop the guy from working. But there's nothing wrong with sitting there going, I hate Mike Vick. I hope he gets his fucking leg broken. Uh, we do that with people, just like when everybody was hoping that O.J. would get beat up in prison so much that they actually made up a story about it. Yeah, but just skinheads. It was a fucking crazy story. Cause First of all, bringing about white pussy. there's so few skinheads in prison. How could they get even anywhere near O.J.? He should be in P.C., shouldn't he? I no, mean, he can, he's fucking wandering around and signing fucking things for people all day. <laughs> he's doing fine. Um... Jill, Jill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, fellas. Uh, with regard to Michael Vick being on Oprah, I'm just uh, I'm wondering if he's going to finally, you know, like be a man and have remorse and apologize for what he did. You know, say, now, you know, now Jill, what he... here's the thing. He has done this time and time again. He has said, yeah. I apologize. I made a mistake. I screwed up. I did my time. And it will still, I'm sure you're a dog lover. It's not going to be enough for you. Well, you know, not, I'm seeing fake remorse, Ron. You know, I'm saying, like, I'm seeing I did my time, leave me alone. You know, would, would we leave a pedophile alone? Would we, you know, release him next to a, you know, a schoolyard? It's just we wouldn't be so forgiving. Well, they, if, know, they the don't, they haven't, no, hold on. They haven't released him next to, you know, a fucking puppy center or anything. No, uh, no, of course 
not. But what about the, you know, the president of the Humane Society saying, oh, I would absolutely let Michael Vick own a dog again. You know, they're just all that, kissing this guy's ass because he can throw a pigskin. Not it, really. If you, if you follow the story, he is working for the Humane Society, going around telling inner city kids not to fight with dogs. They've fucking turned him, Jill. They yeah, turned him. I don't him. know, Ron. I'm not so convinced. Uh, and, and you absolutely, yeah, you absolutely don't have to be convinced. I get that a million percent, and I get all the people who don't like him. And I'm sure that there's crimes out there that I would say I don't forgive that person of. Uh, all you'd ever have to do is commit it against me or anyone I know, and I'm never, I'm not going to be your fucking friend. So I get that. But in the same token. Uh, the Eagles just made him a franchise player. Fuck yeah. They don't want to lose this guy. Uh-uh. Um, here is Katja. Katja, you're on Fez. Hola, Ronnie. Yeah. Do you think Oprah's going to attack Michael Vick the same way she did that author that she had on about the, he wrote the book A Million Little Pieces, and she found out it was all a lie, and she brought him back on and then lambasted him in front of her crowd? Well, the thing is, the difference there is that he did something even worse than Michael Vick. He did something against Oprah. So that is unforgivable. You can't, you can't make um, Oprah uh, think of anything more than she does Oprah. I don't. I know that she's. See, she just doesn't do an interview like someone comes in and hey, come on on the show. They, she has people beforehand, and they all sit down and go, "How do we want to play this?" There's a gigantic portion of people out there who love dogs and no matter what we do, aren't going to forgive him. So how do we make them feel like they are all part of this? Uh, Rich, California, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I got two things for you. First off, Michael Vick, if he lost all his money today, I'd find him down at South San Jose fighting pit. I guarantee it. Second thing, this goes out to uh, Bezzy. It's not an Ichiban, it's a Nibon. That means number two because you feel like shit today, buddy. Pick it up, man. Um, what's that word they used? Nibon. We need that. We need a Nibon for when the Ichiban doesn't work so well. Um, Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. How you doing? Good. Hey, I'm just calling about Michael Vick. He served his time. Yeah, he killed dogs. He went to jail. What about Ray Lewis that murdered people? I don't hear nothing about that anymore. Or nope. any athlete. Nope. They all have records. They're all bullshit. Now, Ray Lewis was not convicted. Everything was dropped. He moved on. Um, and again, in the case of Michael Vick, when there are some people out there that they love dogs, and you are not going to fucking change their mind about it. He's not going to get everybody on his side. He'll never be that guy. And that's his. That's his to fucking uh, deal with. Uh, Jay, you're on my first show. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, the only problem I have is I don't agree with what Michael Vick did and the dogs and everything, but how can we compare Michael Vick to a pedophile? We're talking dogs versus real human beings here. I, that, that's, because that's the there are issue. people out there, dude, that love their animals as if they were a member of their family. And you can call them as crazy as you want and think that they're not. They actually feel that way. And I've talked to people who are like, uh, a dog uh, is even more innocent than a human being because he didn't ask for any of this kind of stuff. Um, Bill Maher seems like he fights with everybody until it comes to dogs, and he just loves animals. He loves them. 
And I've known a lot of people like that. And I get it. I'm ha- I happen to be a dog fan myself. Um, but to me, Michael Vick has done his time. You And when anyone does their time, you got to try to bring them back into society. And again, if he would have done something against me or my people, I still wouldn't want to have anything to do with him. And that's why I would not be the judge and jury of of anybody who went against me or my family. That you need somebody outside that to go, we need to put this person back into society. Big show. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I just wanted to uh, pretty much defend Mike Vick. Well, not even defend, but the whole bullshit around it is just kind of insane. Like that jail lady comparing him to a pedophile. There's no comparison, really. And even then, it's not like it was her dog or even connected to him. So I don't understand why everybody has to point fingers and say, oh, he's such a horrible man. Yeah, he fucked up. He's done his time. And everybody else can say the same shit I do. But what what the fuck does it really have to do with these people who bitch and complain all the time? Anyways, that's all I got to say, and I'm out. There are plenty of people in this country. First of all, I think the... I think it would be a minority if they didn't think that Mike Vick should have been arrested and due time. I think you'd be looking at less than 10% of the people in the country. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think most people saw it as a crime. Um, And not to mention some kind of a sickness. That not only was he having the dogs fight, but the dogs that didn't win were tortured and killed. I mean, there's no fucking reason for that. I think we can all agree to that. Now, it goes back to when some people get that in their head, they are never, ever going to forgive him. It's not the sports fan. It's not the football fan. Football fans don't boo him. They might do some jokes and stuff, but he's been welcome everywhere. But there are plenty of people that don't have anything to do with with football that are going to hate him forever. I think these people just see that maybe he's been rehabilitated socially, where he where he won't dogfight anymore, but they see a cruelty streak. I think that's when people are saying, how do you compare children and dogs and everything? I think it comes down to a cruel streak where people are going to think that's innate and not ever going to change. Again... If someone does even something cruel, you don't keep them in jail forever. Uh, whatever the time is, if you get busted for manslaughter, you do your time, then you come out of prison, and you try to become a part of society again. It doesn't do society any good to keep that person from making money and from rejoining society. Um, it just doesn't do us any good. We have to somehow take the broken toys, come as close as we can to fixing them, and then putting them out again. Or else you are going to keep a fucking sinister person. Michael Vick will spend the rest of his life like the Joker, hating people, <laughs> you know, blaming people. And, and, and you're now creating, helping to create at least, a monster rather than take somebody who's done something cruel and try to rehabilitate them. Again... These people don't have to like him. They can boo him. They can not watch. Um, they can hate him. And we'll have to see what happens on uh, Oprah. I mean, quite frankly, could you get to that point where you could just start and torture and kill dogs?
dogs. I don't think I know anyone in my, in my regular life who could do that. It seems like it had to be bred into you or it's a fucking sickness. But the guy's been seeing shrinks. He's been rehabilitating. I don't know what else to tell you. He seems to be doing the fucking work. Uh, Billy, you're a manifest. Hey, Ron. Hey, I, I work for a city utility, so I'm out and about all the time. And I agree with you totally about Michael Vick and what he's done. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's paid the price and all that. And and, I, and these people that supposedly, you know, they love their animals and their dogs and cats, I, I have seen things of these people, the way they treat their dogs. And I've even called animal control on them because I'm like, hey, that's not right. It's neglect or whatever. So they're, 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 they're wrong, too. They're wrong. They just don't see it. And that's, that's all i got to say. All right. Um, I saw this thing yesterday that I had never heard of before called debarking. It was about a survey about should you declaw a cat. And then it said that eight, a majority of people are in favor of that. Eight percent were in favor of debarking their dog where they had the vet go in and surgically remove its vocal cords. See, people, don't, I, people like that don't want the animal that they bought. They want some sort of weird creature, but not a dog. Here's uh, Kevin. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Hey. All right. Look, I know I'm biased because I'm an Atlanta Falcon 10-year season ticket holder, but I'm curious as to how Oprah's going to handle this because what a lot of people in these Vic Defenders are forgetting is that he was a piece of crap way before he started this dog fighting thing. If you just jog your own memory, I mean, the Falcons had to clean. He wasn't here three months, signed the biggest contract in sports, and was going through the airport in Atlanta, and one of, either him or one of his posse stole a Rolex watch from a lawyer. The Falcons had to send out Billy White Shoes Johnson to clean that up. A couple of years later, he's in Miami at the Super Bowl, weed in a water bottle. They had to clean that up. The guy was a jerk. He was lazy. He came here. He didn't work. But but they won't, they won't address that. They're only going to focus on the dog. You simply don't pay attention to sports at all. There's no possible way that you could be following this story and not getting the fact that that thing has been out for years. And the Eagles, when they brought him in for peanuts, said, you're going to be a fucking perfect member of this organization or you're fucked you're back out on the street and everybody who says that he has stopped the way that he used to play he is a guy who watches tape he's a guy who works with his teammates all that now this isn't me saying it i'm not there i'm telling you what the fucking eagles organization is saying so much that they want to make this guy who was their third string backup just a couple years ago the first string guy he has done the work and he has said, I used to have a bad attitude. Now, there's no there's no way you watch sports at all to not know that a lot of those guys come into the league with a bad attitude. Some of them get drummed out. Some of them change. Some of them, some of them stay assholes. And whether he had weed in a fucking water bottle, come on, that's not even the fucking thing that we're talking about here. He, he was doing crazy as shit. I'll be watching Oprah just to see this. Um, here's Jim, and, and by the way, he, the thing about Atlanta is, they were too loose with him. They, they were too afraid to drop the fucking hammer years ago. Those guys should have been knowing what he was up to. They should have been retraining him when he came out of college. Jim, you're on Yeah, man. Guys, 
uh, giving Vic a hard time. He's obviously changed and grown up. Nobody says anything about this Dante Star Wars. He killed a guy drunk driving and did 26 days in jail, and nobody says anything about him. Vic learned a lesson. Dante Star Wars killed somebody and got out because he paid some money. 26 days in jail, a piece of garbage did. Look, here, here's the thing. If you're watching professional sports, professional football in particular, or if you're watching college football, there is a lot of criminal behavior that goes on because you've got to be somewhat antisocial to take your fucking skull and ram it into another person's skull. These are not things that thinking people generally do. Uh, Phil, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, guys. I have a Philadelphia Eagle Ichiban. Right, let's do with that. Ichiban. You know, talking about Michael Vick, uh, there is a uh, word that Kevin Cobb was being looked at by the Arizona Cardinals. Um, it doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to be fucking backing up. That guy's not a fucking starter. Well, they're saying he's, he's the next Aaron Rodgers. I've heard it for years. <laughs> I've heard it for years. But this is what got to me about him, uh, Phil. Why did he lay down so easy Immediately for Mike Vick? They're like, yeah, they're making the right move. Good I mean, team. You gotta have fucking fire, dude. You gotta have fire in your belly and you gotta say, I fucking want it. Because if you don't say that, why should anybody else think that you do want it? Um, here's Will. You're on the Ron Fez show. Will, what do you got, buddy? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, pal. Oh, okay. Uh, what's it called? The thing with Ron and, uh, the Michael Vick and everything. It It is a repeat thing because he was caught for this, I think, when he was 15 years old. And um, what's it called? Also, another thing that people always forget about. Yeah, well, no, of course it's a repeat thing. This is well documented that he grew up with this around dog fighting. His family fought dogs. The people in his neighborhood felt, fought dogs. But don't get into your head that he invented it, that he was just sitting around as a rich fucking guy and said, I know it, let's empty out the pool and throw dogs in there and only one of them come out. He grew up this way. It exists in this country. Mafia Life Chris used to go to dog fighting as a little kid in Brooklyn. In the Bronx, sometimes there'll be cockfights, dog fights. I'm, I was down on the fucking Lower East Side one time in this shitty fucking bar. And they go, oh, you want to go to a cockfight? And I was like, wow, really, right? I go, I've never seen it. Maybe I want to go. A fucking guy takes me out and was like, this sh it was like this shitty fucking awful bar. Yeah. There was a hole in the floor in a dark room with water on it. And he says, go down that ladder and there are fucking cockfights. And I'm like, there ain't no fucking way, brother. I go, to get me in that hole, you're going to have to Fuck. kill me fucking first. <laughs> I am not. Going to be in it's four o'clock in the morning, crawling down this fucking shitty fucking hole. It exists. There's weird people who do this. Um, Michelle, you're on Fez. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, right now, I'm in the middle of a book called The Lost Dogs, which is exactly about Michael Vick. And the upside of this story is the way the dogs have been rehabilitated. Um, it's just fantastic how the dogs, most of them, have gone from being just killers to, you know, being family dogs. Okay. So it's a great upside to the story. And, you know, Michael Vick, like you said, it, it's been documented. He started when he was like 10 or 
or 11 in the dog fights, but he didn't have to stay there. He had a choice. He could have not been involved. So, you know, uh, no, no excuses there. He could no. have walked away, but he didn't. He needed to do time. But here's the thing, Michelle. You're telling me the animal be, can be rehabilitated, but Michael Vick can't. No, 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 that's not what I said. Um, I'm saying that there is an upside to the story. No, but let's go with it. Is there uh, a, is there a feeling in you that he can or can't uh, stay away from this? Well, okay, quite frankly, since I'm a big dog lover, um, I would never forgive him, no. And so. I agree with that. I agree with the people who don't want to forgive him to not forgive him. I totally get that. In the same way, if somebody, if let's say some guy came in here and for no apparent reason he cracked fucking Pepper Hicks across the fucking skull oh, fuck. with a baseball bat, uh, I'm never forgiven that motherfucker. Now, does that mean all society should never say they don't forgive him? No, I totally get that he should come out and find some new ways of being, stay away from Pepper, of course, but... I ain't ever going to fucking forgive him. He ain't ever going to be a friend to me. Fuck, no, don't crush my skull. I ain't going to be fucking cheering for him. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over here to Logan. You're on run fez Hey, boys. Um, I, I got I to gotta take a little bit of issue with some of these guys who, who talk about people like Dante Stallworth. And I'm not going after the guy that brought up Dante Stallworth. I understand right. that what, what happened was horrible. But, uh, you know, if you put yourself in that same position where you do something terrible like that, you make your mistake and everything else, and you have the same resources, these guys that can afford these lawyers, and you can get out in a month, you're going to take that deal. It's not, it's, it's not it, you know, you can say all you want to, well, the guy should be in jail for, you know, five to seven for involuntary manslaughter and whatever else. But if you're in that position and you can afford the same resources, you're going to take that deal. So uh, it's, it's, everybody it's, agrees with you, but that's... One of the things that's not fair about the American system, and I get that no system is ever going to be fair, but there are always people, no matter what the crime is, that they fall in like it's some kind of an old cowboy movie, and they just yell, hang them. And I don't care what uh, the the people are. And you can still get this pilgrim attitude uh, that we have in this country by the amount of people who despise a Lindsay Lohan, who is just somebody that she's not even on my radar. There's nothing there for me. I don't know. But I will go to places and hear people go, don't you hate Lindsay Lohan? She should be in jail. And they're furious about this red-haired stepchild. Uh, they're mad right now that uh, Letterman is going to have her do the top ten list in a couple of days. And I've seen, uh, I think it was Nikki Fink, but I might be wrong about I think it was Nikki Fink, who said he's being exploitive of her. And I'm like, I don't know one thing in show business that isn't exploitive. I mean, we know Snooki is a little girl who doesn't seem to be able to handle her liquor. <laughs> we follow her around with fucking cameras. Love it. We know that uh, oh, Ronnie and fucking uh, Sammy Sweetheart are in this terrible mess of a relationship. Don't try to fix them. Don't go in there with a Dr. Phil type. Don't you see what you're doing? And maybe you do. No, it's just keeping on him. Why he's destroying her shit. Why he's fucking getting punched in the face by her. Oh, Ronnie. It's all about exploitation. You embarrassed me. You fucking humiliated me in front of everyone.
Well, now Ryan's got an endorsement deal with like some sort of fucking workout pill. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it makes you shit better. Um, <laughs> John, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hello. Uh, what's up? Hey, uh, regarding Vic, uh, the the deal is the man did his time. You know, he was convicted. He did his time. He's allowed to now go back out and make a living at doing what he does. Now, I'm a huge dog lover, and mm -hmm. I think what he did was deplorable, but he served his time. You know, if, it, if people have exception or take exception, then they should contact their lawmakers and have them change the laws to make the, you know, the, the penalty for the crime that much greater, you know? But leave the guy alone. He did his time. He doesn't have to apologize anymore. Well, it was very interesting this year because there was some talk about could Michael Vick win the MVP. And it was a two-man uh, race. It was a two-man uh, race. And uh, for the first time in the history of this award, the history of the award, it was unanimous. Not a single vote for the dog killer. Nope. And that has to be tied in with the fact that he's a dog killer. There's no other reason to say not even one guy would say, I'm going to throw him a vote, or I don't want this to finally be unanimous when, you know, go pick out whoever had happened to win of Johnny Unitas or yeah. whatever. They didn't get a unanimous vote. Uh, but this year it was. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, the sun is shining again. How you doing? Uh, you better thank the groundhog for that. And I laugh every day that I remember that Chris Stanley laughed in the in the groundhog. It's a trap. Hey, Chris, just long as your skull is in one piece, that's all I care. Hey, Ronnie, mm -hmm. I had a quick question for you. I want to get off all this depressing talk about you know who's to blame for what, how many dogs are dead. You brought up that a quarterback's got to be fiery. I wonder who you think the top three fiery quarterbacks of all time are. I put in top nominee. Kurt Warner, and if you went with the least fiery top three list, I'd have to go Cutler. What do you say? Um, first of all, I didn't want to get into a football conversation today, but you can't even really fucking grade these guys against, you know, uh, the past or whatever. I mean, Dan Marino had the greatest fucking arm I've ever seen in my life, and that includes Kurt Warner. And no one ever puts him up as the top quarterback of oh, all boy. time. Uh Johnny Unite has dominated his time, but what kind of quarterback would he be today? Because you don't have a field general. The game changes so much that you really can't compare. I don't know if you could compare today against the 80s, let alone the 50s and 60s. And that's why I fucking laughed yesterday when it came up with, well, this changes the whole game. The whole game has changed so many times, and no one gives a shit. So I think it's almost silly to get into that. Um, let's move over here to Dan. Dan, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddies. Uh, I think we're all missing the big point here. All the, the dog stuff aside, I hope Oprah goes after him for being a one-man fantasy league wrecking ball this year. There is no doubt about that. Um, and the funny thing is most people didn't get him until it was too late. Like, he even sat around our league for a couple weeks. And then I think... Yeah. Got picked up and then not used for a couple weeks because it's felt yeah. like so he definitely wasn't a game changer in our league. No, he rode the bench pretty much most of the fucking yeah. year. Um, 
Even when he got back in, they're like, okay, that's great. Fluke. And then as soon as he had that great game in Washington, I noticed that he got picked up. Yeah. And then he had three or four weeks that were eh before the explosive thing again. 60-point game or some shit. It was ridiculous. So the dumb loser who had him in our league didn't even go to the playoffs. Yeah, what a jerk. Um, you're a big fan of Mayor Bloomberg's. Bloomberg is your guy. Uh, no, Ron, he isn't. I'm anti-Bloomberg, if you can believe what it. What don't you like about him? Uh, makes everything stop. Sm uh, the smoking thing, first and foremost. Well, now you don't have to worry about smoking in a beach or a park anymore. Yeah, I, I, I want to do that. It'll be nice because you don't even know where the parks are in New York, so you can get arrested for having a smoke looking at the river. Because those little walkways, I think, are they run count? by... I think they're run by the Parks Department. Oh, no, come Partic on. Particularly over there in Queens. That's Because that's all kind of parkland that runs along there. Oh, come on. So they should have a... They should at least have a note up. Well, he's a fancy pants, this guy. He's got $6 million. He's a tiny little man. And now he said another thing that I think keeps him away from the rest of human life. Okay. He says he puts ice cubes in his beer. What? He will order a beer on the rocks. What the fuck? Not like, oh, I found this in the trunk of my car, so I'm going to throw a couple cubes in there while I'm fucking drinking, <laughs> while the rest of it I got in the freezer. Not like that, but he will throw ice in his beer. And it really it made me fucking wonder, is like, why don't we drink ice in our beer? It's not meant to fucking put ice in your beer. It, it waters the beer down. It's disgusting. But what happens when you drink whiskey on the rocks? That waters your whiskey down. Yeah, but that whiskey is like fucking half, half of that liquid is alcohol. Beer is 6%. Or 5% oh, okay. or 4%. Okay, but even if you have a lager... Something really fucking strong. You're not throwing ice in it. We're just kind of, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we were trained that way. It's not like each of us made the decision, <laughs> hey, I've tried ice and yeah. beer, and I'm not going to do it. You just don't do it. No. it's. It, it, I've never heard if anyone, this is the first time I've heard of anyone doing this. And it's fucking Mayor Bloomberg. This is crazy well, talk. You know. You know you're fucking no class if you throw ice in wine. You know what I mean? Like, that is such a fucking, well, I don't want to say, but you don't even do that. It's now, when I was up in Canada, you were getting warm beers most of the places. What? Yeah, because they, they, they would sell it on the fucking street and stuff. They were crazy up there. Nuts. Now, I'm cool. sure there's people that drink with ice in their beer, but I trust them a lot less than I trust Mike Vick. Matter of fact, I'd leave my dog with Mike Vick, my dog and my baby, with Mike Vick before a guy drinking beer on the rocks. Uh, here's Kyle. Kyle, you're on the Run Fest show. Ronnie. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the iced beer. I drink it all the time. Styrofoam cup, ice, beer on top. Perfect. First of all, a styrofoam cup is disgusting. Yeah. No, 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 awesome. On the golf course is the only way to go. Uh, I was introduced to it by a fellow alcoholic, and uh, I haven't turned back since. I love a, a nice Bud Light over ice. That a fucking Bud Light ice and styrofoam cup sounds like the nastiest fucking drink ever. But the weird thing is we want it ice cold. Hey, Hicks, you're, please don't judge. Come I'll, on. I'll judge you, Kyle, all I fucking want. He is judging the shit out of you, Kyle. And I'll tell you this. You, my friend... 
are the first to go as soon as law and order breaks down in this country. That's right. We're coming for you, Kyle. During the Fuck. night of the long knives, we'll fucking get you before the pedophiles. Fucking on. Don't call up this fucking show and think that fucking you can sit and say to Pepper Hicks, a man who's lived his life with alcoholic dignity. Yeah, huh? A, a prince and a gentleman among drug addicts. Thank and you. And say to him, when you've lived that kind of a life, don't judge me, Pepper. Oh, he'll fucking judge you. All I want. He'll be judge and jury. And the second we find out the cops are on strike, we're coming for you. I can't wait. I just can't wait. The only thing that's keeping you alive right now is Johnny Law. You fucking beer on the rocks drinker. Creepy styrofoam cup drinking. Oh, that's my styrofoam in. Yeah, come Wait on. It. Uh, Brandon, oh. you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, buddies. Oh. Uh, if you, the old coach for the Utah Jazz that just resigned, Jerry Sloan, mm -hmm. if you go anywhere in Salt Lake, any bar, and order a Jerry Sloan, they'll give you a Bud Light poured over the rocks. Is that why uh -oh. he had to resign? Oh, my God. That's uh -oh. disgusting. Uh -oh. oh, Jerry Sloan, you sick fuck. Steve, Connecticut, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, buddies. How you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, I used to live in Mexico, and they uh, put the beer on the rocks all the time. Little lime juice, it's called the chilada. Wait a minute. Not only do they do that, but they'll take two beach chairs and act like it's a roof of a house. They don't know true. what the fuck they're doing they're down there. They're off the rails. <laughs> it's Mexico! They will sleep sitting up on the street with a fucking sombrero on their house, on their head, because it's better than a summer home. A fucking drug army runs the place. Come on. Of course they do. They shoot kids. They shoot kids. Fucking Mexicans. Yeah, all right. Ice beer. Let's just stay, let's not turn it racial. Let's just stay uh, mad at the people who drink ice beer and nothing else. Yeah, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Albertus, you're on the Ron Fest show. Uh, good afternoon, or good almost noon. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're drinking a Coors Light or a Bud Light, that's almost like water, you know, the same consistency. Uh, you have wines and different beers that are brewed in different ways. You have some, have, they compare it to milk, the consistency of milk. Like you have a whole milk is like a thicker. Can you imagine a sick fuck putting ice cubes in their milk? Ugh. I'd chop off a kid's hand if I saw him do that. I'd chop off his goddamn hand. Cut them both off. Yeah, obviously. Both. I'm going to get the other one so he doesn't come back looking for me later. Yeah, that's what you get, Stumpy. Tom in Jersey, you're on fest. Hey, buddies, how you doing? We're doing great today, Tom. Hey, man. I'm in recovery 16 years, and, uh, you know, I drank my liquor, I drank my beer, whatever temperature it was, man. I, and uh, oh, I was gosh, never going to cut it down with... Uh, with ice cubes. But uh, I was going to say, uh, coming back to Mike Vick, you know, I, uh, I see a lot of guys who are in recovery for different things, you know, whether it's uh, alcohol, drugs, gambling, whatever. People change, you know. So, and, uh, so I have a little bit different uh, perspective on it. I was able to change. I did the work. I'm still doing the work. And uh, I ain't going to put ice cubes in my beer today, that's for sure. Yeah, I would say that to Mike Vick. I will say this. People can change. When you're the change, your faces turn ugly. Um, let's go over here. Neil, Neil, you're on Neil. Hey, buddy. How you doing today? Yeah. 
Hey, Ron, I was down in uh, Costa Rica, down in Hako, Costa Rica, for about a year, and it's customary when you get your beer, you're going to get a bucket of ice in a glass because the shit gets so hot so quick. Let me tell you something else. If you see a child down there, you're allowed to have sex with it. That's fucking Costa Rica. On site? Yes, right there in the street. Oh. They are the lowest. It's like if Cambodia was over here. That's fucking Costa Rica. Oh, my God. Why have we invaded yet? Why bother? It ain't our kids. Ah, uh, good point. Sal. Sal, I want to go to Algeria. Sal, you're on the Ron Fez show. No, Ron. Yeah. The obvious is you can't put the ice in the bed. It takes up too much room. Later. Well, that's part of it, and also it's <laughs> disgusting. Smoke, you're on a Fez. He's bad. That's a fucking very good point. If you're down there in Costa Rica, and if it's so piss hot that the beer can't stay cold, how do you think you're feeling? You're going to be chugging that beer like there's no tomorrow. Fuck yeah, pound them. You're now, in Costa Rica, for Christ's sake. Now, Hicks, I'm worried about Fess. Boy, okay. I don't know where to put him today. He's all locked up over here. He hasn't gotten off more than a couple sentences in an hour. No. I mean, I know you're eating your eggs. That's right. I, they're delicious. Those McDonald's eggs get better every day. What'd you have today? McDonald's breakfast sampler, pretty much. Are you still putting it on, uh, like, the English muffin, or do they come on anything else? I got a biscuit that I'll cut in half, and then I'll throw, I'll make a sandwich for myself. So, he doesn't put it on the English muffin? No. No, no. It's, it's like a bunch of breakfast bits, and I construct my own sandwich-esque thing. That's insane. Already fucking get it. They sell <laughs> a sausage McMuffin, and they sell the, all these things. You could just have it. That's weird. This, this ain't fucking... with the hot cakes. This ain't fucking Build-A-Bear. Get him a side of cakes. Exactly. You didn't know he wasn't happy with this? No, he seems got, thrilled every day. You gotta do two things. You gotta get a better breakfast... Well, you got to get a better head and come in here ready to fucking kill the bear. Dominate. That's it. Hold on. Kathleen from the Bronx has sent me an emergency email. I must read this. Is she okay? Yeah. I'm worried. Uh, here's what she said. I've only known two people who put ice in their beer. One was an old lady. One was a vet who drank it that way because that's the way they did it. In Nam. Both were fucking lunatics. Take it from me. <laughs> she is so ready. Fuck yes. Take it to Bloomberg. I love it. You ever want to do a Freaky Friday one time where Kathleen comes in here and then you're down there in Philly waking up fucking bride bride time it's time to go out and fucking having a fresh hoagie for him in the morning? Every morning he eats a hoagie. My God. What a wonderful life. I'm waiting for her to start talking like those Philly people. God bless that girl. Pitchers and catchers are in, honey. Pitchers and catchers are in. And the fucking pitchers we have, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to talk about it. Sure. I may not even talk about that fucking team once this year. It's a smart thing to do. It's too nerve-wracking. It's like being a fan of the Miami Heat. You're like, we what? Now we should automatically win. I don't need that. It was looking good. Looking good ain't the fucking name for it, brother. We look like sizzle. 
Dan, you're on Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, hey, my dad used to put ice cubes in his milk when uh, when he was hungover. For some reason, he said that uh, that cured a hangover. When did he die? Uh, no, yeah, he, he still drinks his beer, but uh, he's, uh, he's still alive, man. Jesus, I can't believe it. Drinking ice and beer and ice and milk, you think you'd be dead by now. Yeah, really Why not is. just go ahead and put it in ice cream? It's so disgusting. A beer and uh, ice cream? Watley, don't make me tell the story about you at a fucking Phillies game. Drinking a beer in one hand and eating an ice cream in the other. Oh, God. Won't go here. My dad was with us, and he was going like this. He's going like this. He says like this. Get rid of the half a fag. I'm going to fucking throw up. I go like this. Pop, don't start. I've had to put up with your family. Including those sons of yours. Don't fucking start on me. I swear to God, my dad will tell that story constantly about Fez. Really? Yeah. That's hysterical. He never saw anyone. He had a beer in one hand and an ice cream in the other. Going back and forth. Really it sounds quite disgusting. Well, he was al- it's also like a day game in Florida, and he was just loaded. You know, so he had ice cream on his face. The more beers I had, the more ice cream I wanted. But you remember what you were in those days? You were fucking Johnny Fun, the fun boy. It sounds fun. Loaded at a baseball game in a little day in Florida. Let's go, Fez. Come on. Let's that go was to him. Yankee Stadium, baby. Maybe we ought to fucking drop out, go down there and ruin a fucking station. Let's get lit up. Oh, lit up again. Uh, Giorgio, you're in my face. I tried a beer once without ice, and the problem is I couldn't get the straw to stand up. It kept falling down See, in the cup. And that's exactly the kind of asshole that would fucking do that. They would have a fucking straw in a beer. <laughs> Seriously. On. You just, you know who you, you put a fucking straw in a beer for? A terrorist when you're trying to get him to fucking tell where the bombs are. That's right. Kata, baby. What's going on over there with you, big cat? I'm worried about you. Your fucking eyes are spinning all around like pinwheels today in different directions. Just a, a, a very rough morning. You're of, starting to make me think you're not going to get better. I'm worried about it myself. Oh, I want to see you move out of crazy town. I would love to. It's like every day I'm having the same conversation with you, though. I'm starting to think he could be tilted, permanently tilted. Like a fucking pinball machine. You ever fucking tilt a pinball machine so bad it breaks? Oh, hell yeah. Love a pinball machine. Much better than arcade machines. What do you mean by an arcade machine? You mean a video game? Yeah, I guess like a video game, yeah. <laughs> you Street fucking use a language of your own for over there from Astoria? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Arcades in A-Town. Well, when I was a kid, we played the mechanical Pac-Man. Let me tell you something, Hicks. That use the language that the rest of society uses. Why people say arcade machines? Don't make up fucking baby talk, and the rest of us are supposed to be part of this. Now, did you run those books down? They aren't here, actually. They, I don't know where they are. I, right. I, I call down the mailroom. I want. They want to fucking messenger some over now. Okay. So right back to Susanna. Yeah. Give her the address. And say, you know, attention, Chris Stanley. Got it. Dan, you're on the manifest show. Yeah, all you got to do to get Fez into the game is just start paying attention to Mark Zito and somebody he hates, just like he did Dave and and then everybody else. And he gets to talking once he gets paying attention to somebody else. That's that's the fucking out of the mouth of babes. 
All right, we're going to come back. We're going to take a break here. Zito, what's on your mind? I'm going to pay all the attention to you. What would you like to talk about? Anything in the world when we get back? Well, there's this video of this kid puking uh, while performing in a choir that I just thought was really funny, and I just feel bad for this kid now because I'm pretty sure he's going to get, like, a nickname, like, you know, Puke Boy or Pukey or something. Oh, it just God, got me thinking. Just the fact that I even have to talk to him. The fact that I even have to say I'm going to come back and he's got a fucking story like this, there's you're going to be punished eternally for that, Fez. Well, now we both you're going to be punished eternally for what you did to me. All right, we're going to take a break. Back in just a couple of moments after the jump. Thank God for Chris Stanley. Seriously, when you lay down at night, I want you to say a prayer for the surf boy, Chris Stanley. Fuck beer and ice. Nice. Run a fast show. You're out. What do you get that malarkey? I'm safe. I said you're out. I'm safe. You're out. Safe. Out. Safe. Out. Safe. Out. Safe. Out. Safe. Out. Safe. Out. I say you're safe. If you don't like it, you can go to the showers. Okay then, Doc. Have it your way. I'm safe. Yeah, buddies, it's the Ron Fez show. I'd say I, I couldn't even fucking put up with him talking about baby stuff. I can't even put up with Zito today. Oh, a kid threw up in school. We have a video of it. Oh, poor Zito. It's a fucking radio show. Why do I want to see a kid throw up in school? Kids throw up in school. Poor Zito. What about poor Ron? I'm telling you right now. Love you, Ronnie B. I know you. I know. I feel that, kid. You might be the only thing keeping me away from the fucking knife. Don't. Don't go to the knife. Why not? What do I got to live for? I got nothing, Hicks. Don't nothing. say that. Don't say that. Go get me the big knife. <laughs> get me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. People forget that movie. And it's People fucking are fucking great. idiots. Yeah. I make bread. They say bread is life and I make bread. And then, you know. That's why we expect him to do better, though. Poor Nick Cage. Come on. You hate when people stop trying. They fucking break your heart. They just break your fucking heart. And Nick Cage is like this. Well, I like my giant fucking uh, house a lot more than I like making good movies. How's is? Just spend money like water. I, ge I, I, I guess that's a sickness in a way. Well, oh, you doubt, just doubt. can't stop spending all the money that you have. <laughs> just as soon as he gets, like, whatever, millions of dollars for a fucking shitty movie and just goes pisses away immediately. It's 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 self-destruction like any dope addict would have. You know, when you're spending money that you don't have, even though you have money. And, and on things that you have no use for and will never use. Like, he has, like, whatever, a dozen houses or something. How often would he? He was probably in one at any, you know. The majority of a fucking year. Um. So I guess Borders is going fucking bankrupt. I can't get totally into this. I was actually uh, fighting with this about H with HTJ because she's like, "Oh, books are the best." And I'm like, "Well, you know, these same bookstores that we're all worrying about destroyed independent bookstores years ago." Yep. They should have just left as was. 
But I'm, I'm never going to sit around and feel connected to a Borders. That's like feeling fucking connected to an Arby's. Or a Best Buy or some shit. Like, oh, they sell, the best, they sell the best electronics. Well, I will give you this. Before that point, you weren't allowed to sit down and fucking drink coffee and read books. Yeah. You know, it used to be in a bookstore. They're going to like, you going to buy that? And now you're going there, you grab four magazines, grab a cup of coffee, you read it. You go like this, well, I'm done with my magazines. See you later, <laughs> fucking schmucko. It's a nice afternoon for myself. Then again, you wonder why they're broke. <laughs> they can't sell a fucking magazine. Well, now they're just trying to show their whatever, Kindles and Nooks and all the other bullshit just so they don't need a store anymore. It's still never going to be a book. There's still nothing like sitting there with a book in your hand. No. You and your book. No, not that. I haven't used one yet, uh, but it just seems weird. Uh, the weird thing is your nickname should be Kindle because you remind me of one. Oh, cool. Uh, Jeff, Nova Scotia, you're in front of Fez. Hey, Ron, I got an Ichiban for you. Ichiban? Uh, last night on Jeopardy, IBM supercomputer Watson totally destroyed the two best Jeopardy champions of all time. Wasn't even close. Oh, yeah. Um, now, here's what I don't understand. Did nobody typed it into him? He had to hear the language himself, right? No, they uh, they sent it to him as a text message. That's fucking time. bullshit. That ain't winning Jeopardy then. Disqualified. <laughs> I'm not even kidding about that. That's weird. You, you don't fucking text to anybody else while they're playing Jeopardy. Now, yeah, I know. Now, here's the other part. And people are like, well, one in chess and one in this and that. But really, that's just taking what's put into it. That doesn't mean shit to me yet. Now, it will be bone frightening when a computer can... Let's say write a book, write a novel, uh, write a song from scratch, not sampling. Well, I think that's where they're trying to go because this whole Jeopardy thing wasn't about knowledge or whatever. It was about understanding language, like it, it, able to understand puns and wordplay. And all but why don't they call it what it really was? All this compu computer voter, uh, did invent it was bad television. <laughs> I mean, it was worse than watching Jeopardy. Fucking, they, those, you can see those guys getting pissed, though. Ken Jangs was fucking real angry about that computer running but his shit. But that's because a text message went out <laughs> at the same time, so he didn't have time to fucking sit there and hit his thumb. Nope. That computer should have had to listen like everybody else. Yeah, it was weird how they set that up. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Jangs should have destroyed that thing with an axe. Um, Sean, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie. The computer said that Toronto was a United States <laughs> city, so did it really win? Well, here's the other funny thing is, did you see the way he bet on that? Yeah. Nothing. So this is the weird thing about a computer. They don't have the desire to make money. They can't gamble, fucking jerk-offs. They don't even know what the fuck they're thinking. You are destroying these two guys. You should at least put up 20, 25 grand. Easily. You're fucking supercomputer. So it's a supercomputer and a dope at the same time. Now, Hicks, you were telling me that in your opinion, the computer's done. It's um, over. Pretty much. I mean, this is already happening in Japan. It's been happening for a couple of years. Everything happens in Japan, doesn't it? Yep. It's the future. But now, in this past year... In the future, everyone's eyes will be tilted. Oh, no. In the future, men's dicks will be getting smaller. Japan is showing us the way. Let's kill our children, then. Yeah, another reason to just murder them now. So, uh, basically, 
More smartphones, your you know, your Blackberries, your Androids, your iPhones, shipped last year, were sold last year, than actual computers. And it's going to just keep on going higher and higher. Everyone will eventually have a smartphone, and there'll be less and less need for a fucking computer. Yes, but more and more need for a phone. Because none of these things work <laughs> as phones. What they need to be is just tiny computers, and then you should have a phone like you used to, because you can't understand anybody, and you're like, fuck it, I'll text you. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, exactly. I got shit service. I'm just going to fucking send you an email. Fuck it. Um, John, we're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie, can you queue up the uh, advice show for me? Oh, shit. The advice show. Ronnie, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about Watson. I'm thinking maybe for Fez, if we start sending some text messages, we could open them up and get them to talk a little bit more. Texting um, might be the way to go. I, uh... I'm willing to do anything. My problem is I also thought Toronto was a U.S. city. The Advice Show. Billy, you're on a fez. Hey, listen, Ronnie, I love you, man. You're, you're great. Hicks is great. I miss the fez, man. I, 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 I got to hear the guy say something, man, something, man. He, Ten years I've been listening to you guys. And I miss the fez, man. I really do. I'm right here. Fez, ah, man, I love you, kid. I'm over in Jersey, but uh, I love to go Roosevelt Island, man, just hang out with you and, you know, party, have a good time, glass of wine, we hang out, we watch some Tampa Bay football, and just, uh, you know, just talk. All right, well, thank you for the invitation. Well, you got it, Fez. Listen, man, just keep your head up higher, right? Everything's cool. Everything's cool, all right? Have a good time, glass of wine. I'm sure I would uh, lock up during that conversation, too. Uh, Alvin, you're running Fez. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Ronnie, uh, what should I do with a friend of mine who's got, uh, you know, he still shakes the phones. When he can't get reception, he sh shakes his phone, you know, takes, looks at it, pulls it from his ear, looks at it, and starts shaking it <laughs> real hard. That's really uh, funny. Some people, you know, hit, who hit televisions. What do we do with these people now in 2011? Uh, I say keep the characters. Keep all the characters we can. Shaking the phone? We're, yeah. we're okay with that? All right. Yeah, let it go. You want to have, you want your friends to be weird. What about the guy who says, smell this real quick? Are we still okay with that guy? Uh, I got to tell you this. Now you're breaking into your fucking bad stand-up special. <laughs> At a certain point, I got to start saying, uh, you know, you're just trying material out on me. No, I'm not. I swear to God, Ronnie B., I'd never do that to you. Uh, talk to you later. All right. It is the Ronnie Fez show. Um, here's uh, Brian. Brian, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Listen, that idea of texting is a great idea. That'll open up Fez. You know, my brother, he shut down for 10 years. Six months ago, he gets an iPhone, text, 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 pictures, and I can't get him to shut up. Um, why don't we do that, Fez? If you think of a joke today, you just text me. Okay. Would you like that? I, I, I'll, tr I'll try that. Now, it's going to be very difficult because this is radio where the spoken word goes over. But maybe we'll start a text show sometime in the uh, uh, future. Um, 
Craig, you're on Fez. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. I, I don't know why these people call in and complain that Fez isn't saying anything. I've kind of got a different outlook on it. I hear what Fez brings to the show. I've got Yahoo News and everything else. I think it's a good thing that he doesn't talk, so we don't have to go over the pre-written down conversations that he really has no foresight into on whether a discussion can be made. Um, don't even want to answer this fucking guy, huh? This is a bad no. day. No. Uh, Bob, you're on running Fez. Hey, is it Bob? Yeah. Oh, I got to put down my uh, beer over ice here. Hold on. Fuck. It's disgusting. <laughs> Look, um, I, I just, uh, I lost my job today. And, uh, you know, there's cycles in life. There's ups and downs. And says just, you know, you can be locked up. Just be happy being locked up. Be happy where you are because there's nothing else you're going to get. This is it. The Advice Show. Sorry about uh, losing your gig, dude. How long were you there? Fucking, God, I was so, I was so good at it, too. I, I just made... It's one of those things. I'm a young kid. I'm good at what I did. I made a lot of money real quick. And then they're like, oh, we'll take these accounts from you. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I know last week the company made $7,000 off me. Last week. And they fucking let me go. Um, well, if you're that good, dude, maybe there's something else out there for uh, me, man. Yeah, thanks. Well, look, I mean, you know, there's, there's cycles. And says I, we love you. We all really do. And that's why we continue to, to listen and just be yourself, be happy with what you are. You're not always going to be able to be in a position that you want to be in, but as long as you're happy where you are right the hell now. Here's the problem, Bob. Can do. Uh, he hasn't answered you back, and as of right now, you've been on the show longer than Fez today. <sighs> He's just having a bad day. He's having a bad fucking day. Um, we all Here's uh, Justin. Justin, you're around Fez. Hey, you know, why the fuck is this called the Ron and Fez show? It's the fucking Ron and Ron show. It's been like that for the past goddamn year. Tell Fez to fucking snap out of it. I'm tired of hearing his fucking boo-hoo shit. I turned into you guys to fucking laugh and cut up, not to hear Fez crying about how fucked up he's got it. I'm not talking about how bad I have it. I just... There's... There's days when the panic gets the better of me. Not having a good day. This is like if Hal Hicks would feel if he couldn't cup. Right, I'm all sober. I'm, I'm understanding not, what's going on. Not gonna run the board today. Uh, David, you're on fist. Lost you. Um, Aaron, you're a manifest. Uh, going back to the computer thing, Ronnie, they can do all this stuff, but there's not one computer out there that's funny. Where's the Ronnie B2000? Why so serious? Computers? Why so serious? Um, yeah, I gotta admit, I, I don't see any funny computer yet. I think Because there's less and less funny fucking human beings. If you go by watching any of those fucking, like, 99% of the comedy specials. You're like, really? Is this the best we have? And the best 1% of them all tend to run through this fucking station. (laughs) You know, like the really funny fucking guys, other funny people kind of recognize, but there's a lot of guys out there, man. 
There's a lot of guys out there that ain't funny right now. Joe, Nebraska, your manifest. Um, Joe, we got you? Um? Yeah. Yeah. What can we do for you, buddy? You're driving me nuts. Oh, driving you nuts, man. I was just thinking... I gotta hang up. I'm fucking... I can't stand when someone repeats after waiting that long. Joe, you're on a fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, I think the texting idea is awesome for Fezzy, but does the jitterbug have texting capabilities? I've been sitting here looking at my text, waiting for it. I guess his thumb is all locked up, too. <laughs> See you, buddy. All right, peace. Um... Matter of fact, the other day, I needed something. He goes, I just text fucking Zito. Hour and a half later, and we're on, while we're on the air, I still know Zito. So as soon as we go to break, I jump out. Zito, what the fuck is wrong with you? I never got a text. Oh, Jesus. And I go like this. Never mind. I like to be fucking right when I'm mad. I hate when I'm fucking mad and wrong, because oh. then I got nowhere to go with my mad. <laughs> I still need to get it out. And what I should have said is, well, this is what I wanted to fucking say. Don't ever. Like, in the future, if you do get to text the way you're supposed to, don't ever not fucking show up. <laughs> and then there was no fucking follow-up. No one ever thought, like, well, I'll get over and check. I know Ron wanted him. You know, fuck it. No, no, no never fuck it. Watching from the, uh, from the cheaps. Um, Cody, P.I., you're in my face. Hey, Ron, did Fezzy have to use his AK today? Nope. So today was a good day. Didn't have to use yeah. his AK. Damn. Um, Rob, you're in the Rob, we got you, buddy? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, are you there, my friend? What can I do for you? All right. Hey, I'd like to talk directly to Fezzy, my friend, if I could. He's right here. Hey, Fezzy. The Advice Show. I've went to, I mean, first off, we all realize it's a comedy show, you know, and everybody's got to bust everybody's balls and have fun, and that's part of the gig, so we all understand it's fun, it's fun to make fun of Fezzy and, and this, that, and the other, but I'm pretty much a successful businessman. I've made it through. I can pay my bills. I mean, uh, life's What's your good. point, sir? Well, my point is for Fezzy that, you know, if 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 you're... The way you feel down, the way you go home, the way you feel like the world's on your shoulders, the way you feel at times. Uh huh. Yeah. Could you get to your point? You, you, things, things will get, things will get better. You know, it's, it's, it's not really funny. I mean, it, it's comedy, but it's not really fun. People don't understand really how Fezzy feels when Fezzy goes home at night, when Fez goes home in the evenings. And he has these panic attacks. He has this shit that goes on. Everybody doesn't get it. When you get it, there are there are, are times that you know as well as I do that you don't feel like going on. Okay, thank you. Yeah, things will get better, my friend. Thank you, Fezzy. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. The Advice Show. Um... This actually got sent to us the other day by J.A. Lawson, so I guess it had to do with the guy having a stroke. Okay. This was the question. Would you rather die by yourself or a street full of strangers? And you're down to either one of those two things right now, Hicks. I mean, that the chances of you 
being surrounded by your loved ones, it ain't going to happen. Oh, no. Slim to none, Ronnie B. Yeah. I, then I go, give me fucking, you know, give me a group of strangers. Make a spectacle at the end. Fuck it. Uh, give me just a group of strangers like, oh, my God, what's happening to that guy? See, here's my thing. I think it's a little fucking embarrassing to fucking die in front of anyone. <laughs> Uh, and I even mean loved ones. You wouldn't let someone, uh, people gather around you for you to take a shit. Oh. Why do you want them to see you die? Here's what I want to do. I want to be all fucking crawling into the fucking bushes. The way of, you know, just going off, <laughs> laying behind some fucking trees and dying there. Well, being among strangers and you're going out, that's almost, almost like dying alone because you don't know any of these people. Fuck them. You're going out. It's fucking, it's humiliating, though. They're fucking standing up while you're laying down. It's like having them in your bedroom. It's like fucking laying on the couch and having a bunch of fucking strangers look down at you. Fuck it, it's your last moment on earth. They're going to start loosening your clothing. Whatever. No one's going to rape them. I'm Mike, you're wearing sweatpants anyway. Mike. Yeah. What's up? Fezzy, you smoking weed these days or what? No, weed doesn't agree with me. The Advice Show. Still waiting on that first text. Funny text. Maybe you should take up smoking crack. Smoking crack, smoking weed, smoking crack. Uh, John, you're on Ronnie, I want to offer you some advice. Maybe you take a break away today. I, I will offer you box seats. We can go watch the Sabres game. We'll get a delicious beef on like sandwich. Come on up to Buffalo. Why don't you take a step away there, from everything that makes you want to die alone? There is such a thing as that Buffalo lifestyle might be fucking perfect for me. I we like, sit on the lakes. We I, love it up here. I know. Beautiful, I love the way that people cold. stay a little closer to the bone. They don't have a hoity-toity thing about them. That's cool. I like that. They remind me of the folks I grew up with, the shot in a beer type people. Love it. I have one right now. Now, I was also saying this, Hicks, and it may, in fact, surprise you. Okay. Chicago, the fucking city that you love so much. Well, can't get enough of it. You call it the second city. That's right. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, less and less people living in Chicago all the time. What? Um, yeah, not only that, but like... From the point that they were actually at, uh, there were like 500,000 people or something that less than were there in like the 1930s. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> These populations are exploding everywhere. It doesn't make any sense. It's Chicago. It's, it's now, here's the thing. Yeah. They love to build buildings in Chicago. Yeah. They have giant buildings. But if you go up to that Sears Tower, you look out the window... You just see, like, a bunch of regular houses and shit. What? Like, you know when you go up to the Empire State Building, you're like, oh, my God, look at this view. You can see the whole city. Yeah, skyscrapers. Everywhere. There's, like, angles at that Sears Tower that you just look out. You can see the farmland. What? That doesn't make any sense. It's a I know. city. It's not a fucking suburb. But it's not a city in the way New York is. And everyone tells me, I love Chicago. I'm crazy about Chicago. And yet they will live in the suburbs and then take the train in and use fucking Chicago. Let's move to Chicago then. I'm sure there's some great fucking Hold great on. living. I oh, got, oh, I got a Fez text. Oh, shit. It got smaller just when Oprah left. That's a fucking legitimately good joke. <laughs> I fucking love that joke. All right. Um, 
And it's, and again, it gives us a chance to run down women, which is the point of comedy, isn't it? At this point, yeah. Uh, it's the point of gay comedy. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Well, they were born that way. I'm sure, another text will be coming in. One got sent out? Not yet. Zito's <laughs> so losing his yeah, shit yeah, back here. He's on top of the fucking world now. Really happy about this. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. Because then he could say to his friends, you'll believe how weird my job is. <laughs> I fucking text the guy right next to him. And he does it. I will I will definitely say something. Also like say this. You had one fucking shot to get airtime today, and you came up with something a sixth grader would say to me. I'm sorry. Good. Thanks, Six. I'm glad that makes you happy. <laughs> got me on the defensive. Freddie, you're on running fast. Hold on. I got it. Before, Freddie, before I got a text. Am I the hole or are you holding? What are you saying? And it said, born that way, W-E-I-G-H. Still... Uh, yeah, what do you got, Freddie? All right, I mean, I haven't been a huge Fez supporter, but, I mean, we're listening for an entertainment show, and it's, when is enough enough when you say, hey, it's been a good run, you got plenty of money in the bank, why don't you go out now and bring someone else in? I mean, you could hire a guy like an Eastside Dave for a fraction of what Fezzy's getting paid, and it goes back to a good show. I mean, I love you on your funny Fez, but... This once every week and a half is the advice show. I've never, I've never heard of anyone in radio who would sit and take shit like that from callers. I don't even know what to do. He will wait you out. He will wait you out. Um, let's go over to Mike. Mike, your manifest. Hey, Ron. How about Fezzy uh, just takes control of some self-contained pad data jokes? Would you like to do that, Fez? We switch you to pad data? Uh, no, uh, I'll keep trying to text. Too much pressure. I like that makes sense. I'll keep trying to text. Doesn't make sense. Let's yeah. jump on up in here. I mean, there's a character limit on the pad data, but... Well, he's only fucking text nine words so far. Okay. He could be on Twitter throughout the show. That could work. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, Chris, you're on my Fez. Yeah, I want to say, Fez, you've never been better. I just don't think it translates to the radio. You're like moment shots over there. I don't know what's going on, but we we obviously can't hear it. But you're, you're, you're doing a great job. Oh, right, it's like fucking Tommy. Like something's inside there. Something's going on. And Fezzy doesn't know what day it is. And I'll tell you right now, Hicks, the shit that you brought up about the fucking computers, right? Yeah. I never get around to saying good things about people. But about, I don't know, a month, six, seven weeks ago, my fucking computer broke. Needed fucking parts, whatever. It had to do with this or that. I don't know what the fuck it is. The hard something or whatever. <laughs> you didn't even know it. Because I called up Dell. They sent a fucking guy over. And he fixes it. Yeah. And you know what he charged me? How much? Donut. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Fuck yeah. Fuck Geek Squad. And let me just say this. Um, the point of comedy is never to say, hey, this company treated me very well. <laughs> but Dell did. I was very, very happy with them. Dude, you got Dell. I know. man. 
Uh, Kevin, Brooklyn, you're on Fez. Hey, buddies, what's going on? Whenever you guys are doing the best of uh, 2010 episodes, a lot of the best of was something about moving the show along. And I, I love Fez to death, but he doesn't move the show along at all. It's like dragging an anchor through lead pellets, man. Bring his side back. Well, it never was a matter of East Side or Fez. Whatever went up with uh, Dave was between him and the bosses, and um, you know, it's a fuck. That was a rough fucking time for all of us. But at least Dave is doing this great movie fest. That's right, David Mack Movie Festival, March fifteenth at the uh, Asbury Park, the showroom. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. It'll be the first of many, hopefully. Thanks, 9.5 tonight. Why don't you just read the thing that he writes up there, that he writes so much better than your craziness? Okay. How do people let, find out? Let me pull this back up then. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> you just went rambling off, like, in a very angry fucking denouncement of people that might want to go to his movie festival. I'm not denouncing these people. It seemed like you were to me. I'm giving them good good advice here. Yeah, good but you're less than respectful. And this thing that you're wearing, this fucking wool cap uh, uh -huh. indoors like you're going to rob a bank, it's starting to get frightening. <laughs> hey, I can use some extra cash. I, I can read Dave's words now if you'd like. <sighs> go ahead. Read Dave's words. Hi, David Dahl from Brookdale Public Radio here. Do you like movies as much as I do? If you do, then sign up for a chance to come to the first edition of Davey Max Movie Fest. A right. special. First of all, let me just point out to Dave. This is the first and the last. We got a movie out of Brookdale Public Radio. <laughs> a special one-day movie festival in cooperation with 90.5 The Night and the showroom in Asbury Park. Our movie festivals will be a unique experience for the film junkie inside you. With such themes as documentaries only, New Jersey films, and movies that take place in 24 hours, this is cinema for the diehard film fan and casual moviegoer alike. The reason is simple. Davy Max Movie Fest promises to be entertaining and fun, but with a bonding theme that makes the experience richer. After you've watched all the films at the festival, you'll say in your best Keanu Reeves from the Matrix voice, Whoa. Great for a day or just a day of escape. You will not be disappointed. It's the first edition of the Davy Mac Movie Fest, presented by 90.5 Tonight and the Showroom, Nasbury Park, March 15th. Uh, Chuck, you're on the fence. Hey, Ronnie, I got some guys that work for me. When they don't do their fucking work, I run them. When are you going to man up and run this motherfucker or get it, kick him in the nuts? You're the one fucking letting them do this shit. Step up. Uh, do you think that's true, Fez? Do you think this is, I mean, I know there's some thing about that. I just, you know, me and Fez go back now decades. Damn. I'm not sure where, you know, not sure what's up or what's going on with it, but I know when he has a day like today, he's just not into communicating. And, I mean, if you could see him, he's just sitting here. He's staring at me like his tongue got st uh, cut out. Now, in 15 minutes, he might just start talking like everything's normal. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I. No one did I, anything bad to you here, did they, today? No. No. It's just a wave that comes over me. And like an I, actual ocean water? That's what it feels like. Did someone touch you on the subway? They better not. If you were fucking molested on that subway, I will go fucking ape shit. Oh, yeah. I'll just start throwing shit on the tracks. Fuck everyone's fucking... Well, up. Even innocent people? Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go nuts on this shit. Uh, Mike, Indiana, you're in my face. 
Hey, Ronnie B. You know, Fezzi did really good in Florida. Didn't have any problems. Maybe you need to move the show back to Florida. Would you feel better if we moved back down there, Fez? You know, I honestly don't think so. I think it's like it's 24 hours a day now. I don't think surroundings are going to affect this. It's all interior. Let me ask you this, and I would ask you this as I would anybody that was applying for the job. Where do you see yourself in five minutes? Panicking. So that's your plan? No, it's not my plan. It's but You've it's, surrendered. It's like I see myself trying to, you know, get myself past the panicking. Hmm. So 12.50, panic goes into effect? I don't think so. All right. Uh, Bob, you're on fist. I'd like to join the advice show. I got the advice. The advice show. Advice for the callers. Stop giving Fez advice. He doesn't care. He's not going to follow it. He goes home and him and his boyfriend lay up in there, laugh, laugh, laugh. We fucked him again today. We still get paid. Ronnie's doing all the work, everything. Well, I hope that's not true. I hope that's not true. You guys aren't doing that, are you, Face? No, and I don't have a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that would be gay. And I can guarantee you he's not. Bob, Vegas. Vegas, baby. Hey, Fezzy, don't worry about it. It's just a full moon. It just gets a little freaky. You'll be fine in a couple days. Well, that makes sense, the hair growing on my body. Yeah, all right. Just be cool, man. So it's full moon tonight? Uh, it looked like it was almost full last night, so it's either tonight or tomorrow. Well, let me see when the full moon is. I want to make sure, because I don't want you calling on the advice show. Friday. So i got to put up with this till Friday. Yeah, usually three days before and three days after. So you got a week of hell. It's like menstruating or something. Yeah, he is. As Dr. Like Cole? It's bloodless menstruation. Hmm. Now, here's the odd thing. Um, I look over, and I have full phones. No one wants to talk about anything else but Fess's problems. Then people will call them and say, enough of Fess's fucking problems. You know, this is a talk show. You're allowed to bring up topics, too. You don't have to put it all back here. Fez is not going to be in the chat mood today. I don't know. And even when I tried to bring in Zito from the fight, was it because we do think he likes to fight with Zito, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's fucking in the pocket right there for him these days. And what what is the reason that you think he likes the fight with Zito? It gives him an enemy, and Fez loves to have a feud going on. And you he thrives you like to have an enemy, it. Fez. Um, I guess it helps me. Make me your enemy, then we can do the Ron and Fez show. Just fucking disagree with whatever I'm saying. Find fault in it. Whatever it happens to be, doesn't matter to me. Um, let's go over here to uh, Chris. Chris, you're on Fez. Yeah, Fezzy, I think you're really good at the uh, live reads and stuff. You could have done that one for Dave, the Davy Mac movies uh, festival. I, I think you should get into that and bring it out of your shell a little bit more. You do like live reads, right? Because you know what the words are then? Right, yeah, I don't have to fumble for them or think fast. Do you feel like you think slow? Oh, I definitely think slow. 
then why are you moving around so much? Normally, when a guy sings slow, he's like one of those southern guys. I had an uncle in Mississippi who used to be like this. Well, let's uh, get out of here. And be like, dude, we could have already been fucking home by the time you spit it out. Yeah, come on, dude. Get with the baby. He was a wild fucking guy. I was a little kid. Yeah. I go down to Mississippi, and he would only work in... Man, this is the second day I forgot a fucking nature's way. I can't live like this. I'll send an intern. Post-haste. But anyway, we've been down to Mississippi. And I went down to stay with these people. And uh, I'm just a little fucking kid. So we'd go into the black fucking sections of town. Okay. And I mean, like, this is the help I get. Uh, poor in a way that you don't even fucking know poor, right? Okay. Like fucking, when, like dirt floor, that kind of poor. Jesus. And then he would sell them stuff on some kind of, you know, time payment, right? Yeah. And he was on like blankets and fucking alarm clocks and all this kind of shit. <laughs> and he would be bragging to me. He's like, I'm the only people give these, these folks credit. I'm the only people. And I start to look, and I'm a fucking kid. And here's this fucking alarm clock to be like $45. You know what I mean? It was like a fucking $2 alarm oh clock. God. Blankets would go for like $65, $70. They were pieces of shit. Everything that he did, and he would go and sell and then stop by and take whatever they gave him. A dollar, $2, and he would constantly go by their houses and just take small fucking change like oh, that Jesus. and do it all day long. And they thank him for it. Um, but they thank him or fucking hide. His big joke was <laughs> that the kids would say, my mama says she ain't here because she would be in the back and say, tell that man I'm not here. And I was a little kid and I was thinking to myself, ah, this can't be right. This seems <laughs> fucked up. But we went through all these fucking neighborhoods and I was like, uh, a little white kid and would be out all day, never seen another white person, right? Yeah. Never got bothered once. I don't know whether it's because he had a fucking piece or a reputation or they did see it somewhat as a service. And I would be thinking, well, you know, because I was used to fucking Chester. Well, wrong neighborhood. We're going to get fucked up here. <laughs> there was no uprising. There was no fucking problems. It was very weird. Yeah, he's probably just known as a credit man. Guys, lots of great stuff on credit. It was a strangeness. There's my man, Gabe. There's Gabe, whatever, Gabe, come over here and take a fucking mic. I thought you were going to come up a little piece for us, uh, a little comedy piece. Uh, I did, actually. How come I've never seen it, Fuzz? I don't know, because it was talked about. Well, I know it was talked about. Where is it on your... Uh, on your thing that's in front of you, on your clipboard. Um, I don't think I have it on there. Well, but then everything's got to go on there. Yeah, I wrote it uh, a while ago. What's it about? Uh, Ron needs a car. All right, so this is a bit called Ron needs a car. <laughs> I like Gabe a lot. Gabe wants to make it as a sitcom writer. That's right, I do. It's a general, baby. Huh? He'll rock it. He'll rock it in L.A. You got an agent yet? Uh, no, actually, I need to start thinking about that. I want to be your agent. <laughs> I'll just fucking call my cable guy and ask them, how do you get on there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm friends with the cable guy. Excuse me, how do the sitcoms get written? Um, Jim, you're a manifest. 
Kim. Hello? Yeah. Oh, my bad. I couldn't hear you for a second. What's up, boys? Good. Nothing. Um, just calling to talk to you guys about, uh, you know, Fezzi and this thing. And like a previous caller had said, you know, when it comes down to it, we all really do care about Fezzi. And I know we bust balls and everything, but we do care about him. And it's kind of hard to listen to this sometimes because I feel like... What can we do for you, buddy? Seriously, I, I, I get the same call over and over. I'm not trying to bust balls. Well, I'm just saying I feel like the show is what's pushing Fezzi down because he feels like he goes home every day as a failure. And then it, it kind of it's a, it's a cycle where every day he wakes up thinking he's going to fail and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think he just needs to take some time or maybe find even a different position in the show where he can feel less stressful about it. And I think that would go a long way towards helping him out. He's open to all those things. Any of those things. He can take time off. We can dissolve it. You can move a different position. Any of that stuff is good. But Fez, this is what you tell me you want to do and where you want to come in. Exactly. I mean, I know it's another one of these fucking days. I understand it, and I know how frustrating it is for everyone. It's just as frustrating. It's more frustrating for me. I'm sorry. It's what I want to do. I want to get my head together. I don't want to feel this way. It sucks. It's 24 this, hours a day. Is this a character you're doing? No. Then the, you should be doing a character then. You should do a character instead of of this. You know how to do characters. You've done it for years. It's just a day where I can't. Is this the character think. now? No. Uh -uh. Mm. So I think there's power in that for you. Now the other thing that you tell me, I've heard you tell me a million times, and that's when I, I said, "Well, would you want to shut it down? Do you want to do something else?" No, I don't. I honestly don't. Uh, where's Gabe in his uh, sketch? Print out now. Andrew, you're on my face. Hey, Ronnie B. You know, I like teasing Fez as much as the next guy, but on a day like this, everybody just leave him alone. I mean, we'll listen to you talking about Chichester, and I can listen to that for four hours. It doesn't bother me. <sighs> All right. So anyway, when you would go from Booth Wind down into Linwood, there was an actual uh, place called Blue Ball Avenue. And the weird thing is, guys would take fucking chicks there to try to fuck, and yet it was called Blue Ball Avenue. Talk about a fucking jinx. These are Chichester stories on the Ron and Fez show. We're waiting for Gabe and his hot new fucking piece of comedy. And I'm probably going to give Zito another chance in here a little bit. I don't know if he do, if he has anything more mature. Zito, do you have a piece of comedy? I do have something I'd like to talk about. What's that? Well, it was mainly that a former lover of Oprah's has come forward. Oh God! Enough of the Oprah stuff, please. For the love of Christ, we had one on the show before. He said he smoked crack with her. That was the best. That's bad. Then he was fucking... He couldn't believe I know how to come up with bass. Ha! <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with him, Hicks. You tell me. What am I supposed to do with Zito? Well, 
I'm sorry you don't like my topics, but like I do run them past Fez, and he says he says to keep or lose stuff, and these are all stuff he said to keep. Man, he fucking throws you under the bus. When it's his shit, yeah. Uh, all right, we'll just start flushing all of it. Okay, fine. Well, why not? As long as we can further that mentor relationship. Oh. You know he's having a bad day today. You know he's having a fucking struggling day. What are you doing over there? Setting up this bit? You want a break first? Uh, we have a little bit of time. I know we have a little bit of time, but is that giving Gabe the fucking heat that he needs here? Are you giving Gabe fully what he needs on this first run? Gabe? How do you feel comfortable doing this right now? Uh, I feel comfortable, but I think it'd be better if we went to break. <laughs> Okay. Now, I don't know whether, you know, this is Gabe's time in the sun. This might go on some kind of resume here. Yeah. All right. If you want to take it from him, uh, let me see, because I don't even think you have this lined up. Why does page three look like it's the end? Gabe. Because it is the end. And then there's, a whole, then there's page four that goes on like that. Uh, that's page one. The first page of all scripts don't have the page number. So, oh, all right. Now, the second page doesn't have the page number either. Uh, no, uh, mine has two. All right, f here's what I was handed. Here, here's okay. what we do before we do this. Let's get mine together. Oh, Gaby. Yours is together now. There we go. So the first page of every script doesn't have a number on it. Wow. What did I have, two pages that were the same? Uh, you were... So I had four pages. Yes, actually, you had one of my pages. You had my page one. <laughs> this is a this crazy is... script reading I know, right I love it already. It's going to be a lot of entrances. It's a bit of an experiment. <laughs> That's good, Fez. See, because you enter on page one so much of the time. Okay. All right, here we go. This is uh, something Gabe wrote for us. And Fez, you love to read, right? Uh-huh. Why? Um, it's, um, uh, my slow brain. Uh, See, I don't think his brain is slow. No, not at all. Not I, at all. I think it whips around a lot. I think it's moving, you know, moving around like a fucking mosquito, <laughs> but I don't see that as slow. Mm-mm. We focused. All right, here we go. So the interior of Wheels Car Dealership, daytime. Why are you, uh, reading two parts? You're playing yourself in that? <laughs> Gabe, read the interior. <laughs> read the stage direction. Yes, sir. Uh, interior wheels car dealership office day. Fez sits at his office chair. Chris enters. A client is here for you. Ah, excellent. No calls, please. Even your mother? Especially my mother. Chris exits. So I can't help. Uh, so can I help you? Uh, I'm here for a car. Oh, right. Now I remember. You know my cardiologist named Ron. Uh, that's enchanting. He says the next one might kill me. Uh, I'm sorry, but am I in the right place? Yeah. What kind of car do you want? A good one. Need a bit more help than that. Something comfortable for long distances with a group of people. Like a bus? Something more off-roady. Here's a secret. It's for my debate team. I love secrets. I may have something, but you may not like it at first. Anything for the team, I guess. 
Hmm, I'm looking at your credit report. A bit shabby, eh? So maybe I owe some money here and there. That doesn't make me a bad person. Oh, that's no problem. I have some friends downtown who may be able to help. Friends? Help? What do you mean? They just uh, repossessed an SUV. Oh, shit. Who died in it? Just a homeless man and the family he slew. That's horrible. Is it the new Ford? Last year's model, I'm afraid. Who gives a shit? Here's another secret. I'm lying. I'm just going to run over a bookie I owe. Well, isn't that special? Guess that means I'll tag on the extended warranty. It'll be our little secret. Yeah, I bet you got a lot of secrets. The end. I love it because we didn't slow it down with jokes. <laughs> there were a few there. Really? Where? Well, uh, you actually... I'm sorry, Ron. I'm going to have to critique you a bit right here. Yeah. Um, uh, so Fez went, so can I help you? And then you're supposed to say your name, Ron. And you just jumped over. You well, I thought over. Ron would have been like my character. Well, you were supposed to say your name because he's like, "Hi, can I help you?" Oh, he didn't do that. Well, he just, "Can I help you?" And I, I saw the name Ron. And I started reading, and that would have destroyed the whole thing. Um, that made it would have made it a lot better. It would have made, in my opinion, yes. Okay. All right, sorry I let you down, everybody. It's okay. It could have been the fucking greatest thing that ever happened to us. Luckily, this is only a table reading. Yeah, this is but just a table reading. No, this Cold is reading. not the fucking. This is live radio. <laughs> Cold okay, because I didn't under. I missed that too because I didn't understand why my cardiologist had the right. same name as the that, client. Right, and Ron never said his name. Right, let's try it again from the top. Okay. Okay. See if it starts to work better. Alrighty. Uh, interior. Uh, Wheels car dealership office day. Fez sits in his office chair and Chris enters. A client is here for you. Ah, excellent. No calls, please. Even your mother? Especially my mother. So, can I help you? Ron, I'm here for a car. Oh, right. Now I remember. You know my cardiologist's name is Ron. Ah, that's enchanting. He says the next one might kill me. I'm sorry, but am I in the right place? Yep. What kind of car do you want? A good one. Need a bit more help than that. Something comfortable with long distances for a group of people? Like a bus? Uh, wait, hold on, I need my red page. Uh, <laughs> something more off-roady. Here's a secret, it's for my debate team. I love secrets. I may have something, but you may not like it at first. See, I think he's supposed to be a little more gay, Fez. Uh, well, that's in the acting. Uh, that's up to how Fez wants to play it. Oh, but didn't you write it that way? Uh... I read it, wrote it to be ambiguous whether Fez chose to take that's that smart. angle or not. That's Do you smart. want more over the top? He, does, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to direct you. He's the writer. Okay. That was just me saying. All right, are we pulling out that this guy has a secret? Secret. Maybe I'll just play it, gay. If you want to, Ron, we could give it a shot. Mm. So we can play it any way we want. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, this is not the final version. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in rewrites. Uh-uh. Gotcha. And I'm already committing this to memory. Okay. What are you thinking of it, Hicks? I don't know. The, the gay thing might help it out. I'm thinking. But I don't, I don't know why we're at a car dealership. I, I admire fucking Gabe for saying, I won't, I won't tell. You just want to write. You don't want to write direct. Uh, no, not really, no. Maybe we should be a team. I'll direct for you. That sounds great. Gay or fizz. Much gayer. So we pick uh, it. All right. So why don't we just start from the top? Okay. For that. Okay. So interior wheels car dealership office day. Fez sits in his office chair. Chris enters. A client is here for you. Ah, excellent. No calls, please. Even your mother? Especially my mother. Chris leaves. 
So, can I help you? Run. I'm here for a car. Oh, right. Now I remember. You know my... Me like car. You know my cardiologist name Bulldoze. is... Me improv. This is looking over Gabe. <laughs> I know I'm doing it right, Gabe. <laughs> All right, we are going to break here. Okay. Zito, so, you know, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Give me some of that Fez okay bit. I've noticed a large amount of 30-year-old interns walking around here. I've had it. What's your idea coming up with topics? The stuff you see with your eyeballs in this fucking place? I, I, Let me look over. All right, here's one of his bits. Liam, what's with him? <laughs> Why does he wear two different shoes? Now, Fez, if these are okay bits, I'm going to let you do them. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have okayed him. That's what? my fault. No, let's I'm have sorry. Gabe write it up. Let's have Gabe write it up. But, like, gayer. I shouldn't have okayed them. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I like the angle on that. I shouldn't have okayed them. No. Um, Aaron, you're a manifest. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I actually have some advice to ask Fez. Are you there, Fez? Yes. The Advice Show. Now, listen, I live in New Mexico, and I have three chihuahuas, and they constantly fight, and they battle, and they go after it. And my five-year-old twin sons just gored them, poke them with sticks, and can encourage them to fight. What should I do? Um, I would get rid of the dogs. I would, uh, what I would do is I wouldn't uh, put the dogs' uh, uh, safety above the child's. Or the put the child chihuahuas, the children are bigger than the dogs. Or put the child up for adoption. But one of them's got to go. Twin sons. Yeah, lose the dogs. That's my advice. All right. Thanks, Fez. I love you. The Advice Show. He's got some love. I'm sure you can find someone like Paris Hilton who wants to carry them around in a handbag. <laughs> Joe, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, I got an idea for the show. Um, at the beginning of every show, you can give Fez a couple of minutes to tell what's on his mind, let him vent. You can call it Fez on the Couch, and uh, it might help him get out his aggravation so he can get on with doing, uh, you know, help him feel better. What do you think of that, Gabe? Uh, just let Fez vent. You know what, Fez, it might be actually be a good idea, you know? Get Wait, it out take of five you. minutes to vent, Fez. All right, it was just, uh, the only thing I had to vent about is that this, I'm having, I don't know why this comes up when it does. There's nothing really that, that I can think of that sparks it, but, um, every now and then that last heart attack comes creeping back into my mind. And I think I get past it, or I think I've dealt with that, and then just all of a sudden... It's uh, that kind of panic sets in, and I start thinking about that day on the street, and it's just a, uh, it's, I mean, it's crazy, there's, I mean, I'm not in any pain or anything, but there's just like an eerie, eerie feeling of like, this is coming around again, and it just, it just kind of feels like, um, 
that another heart attack is coming. And the last one was brutally painful. It was out on the street, and it just there was. Uh, I didn't know what was you know going going to happen, and it just. I'm still dealing with that. I know everyone else moves past it and everything, but it's still stuck in my mind, and I don't know when it's gonna just pop up from time to time. So that's what was going on, you know, this morning, and it just. It gets in my head, and I have trouble getting uh, away from it. I have trouble getting past it. So, I mean, that's that's all I had to vent about, about what was going on this morning. When, um... So, it's just... And like I said earlier, it comes over me uh, on a wave. And, um, but I, I, I just have to get past that. So really, you didn't even need the whole five, right? No. Is this maybe something we should do at the beginning of the show every day, Hicks? Yeah. Checking. That'd Probably costs us three minutes. Yeah. Get us off on the right foot. And then you'll feel uh, good about yourself. Yeah. That definitely feels like a good thing, you know? Um, Marsha Gay Harden is uh, stopping by to do the show in just a little bit. Really one of our best actresses. Oh, yeah. Uh, amazing. It makes me mad because this is one of those days that Eastside Dave would be going crazy <laughs> because he and I love Miller's Crossing. Oh, God damn. And she was the shit in this movie. I mean, she was great. amazing. And then, of course, she won the uh, Oscar. Yep. For Pollock. I mean, come on. Uh, for Pollock... Uh, Stage actor, screen actor. Got a brand new uh, bit coming out called Amanda Knox, Murder on Trial in Italy. That premieres Monday, February 21st. Now, I don't know whether you know this story, but it's a true story. And it's about this uh, little girl oh, that goes over in Italy, getting a house with a bunch of friends like people do. Oh, yeah. One of the friends ends up dead. <laughs> Throat cut. I don't know why that's funny, because this isn't a comedy. Well, I'm not still my laughing at the... What part are you laughing at? Oh, just, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, but uh, she's arrested over there. Bizarre circumstances, and you never know whether she was behind it, not behind it. And uh, Marcia Gay Harden uh, plays her mother in this. It's, a, it's one of those uh, things that uh, is torn straight out of the headlines, because the case is still going on today. So that's Amanda Knox, um, murder in trial in Italy. That's February 21st, 9 o'clock Eastern. That's right, Eastern. On uh, Lifetime. Um, let's bring her in, Marcia Gay Harden.
just actually a dream come true because my favorite actresses in the whole world comes in and just warms her hands on me. You just come in and off the street? I just rested my hands on your chest and stomach. Why? Because you are warmer than anything and it's freezing outside. And how much do I love I've never met you before and you you didn't even say don't. You didn't even walk no, away. No, 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 you no, just no. stood there. Here's what you don't understand. I've had dreams exactly like that before. Uh, starting, of course, with Miller's Crossing, which one of my all-time favorite films. I love those Coen brothers. Uh, yeah. They're and great. what a great film. And one of those films, I guess, that's gotten known more as the years go by, right? A Miller's Crossing. Yeah. You know, isn't wasn't that an odd thing? That is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it 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 didn't kind of hit in the way that I I thought it should have or could right. have. But it's a classic. It and, is. It was just on HBO last night. Yeah. Oh. It doesn't go away, and people and what they did in that film too with the writing mm. new slang and stuff right. like that, and your character being right in the middle of fantastic. It was all very Dasho Hammett and that yeah. era, and they are so great with that kind of banter. Fantastic stuff. Now, we're talking about your new film that you got coming right. out of Lifetime. And the strange thing is I had been following the news reports mm-hmm. for quite some time. And the character that you play, the mother of this uh, young girl, which, by the way, is coming out of Lifetime. And, on Monday. Uh, on Monday right. at 9 o'clock, uh, Amanda Knox, murder on trial in Italy. Your character, the mother of the accused murder is actually now supposed to go to Italy and stand trial herself for slandering the Italian police. You know, the first thing, and I'm assuming all the people listening know what the story was, but yeah. if, you know, beautiful, ahead, you, you beautiful young, a beautiful young American girl goes mm-hmm. over to study in Italy. She's there for two months. One of her roommates is a beautiful young British girl named Meredith Kircher, and after two months of being there, Meredith Kircher is found murdered in an absolutely heinous and tragic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, DNA is found of a South African drifter um, named Brudy Gidi in the room, uh, Rudy Giddy was documented to have gone out to a disco later that night. Rudy Giddy was documented to have needed money. Rudy Giddy fled to Germany. And Amanda Knox, uh, and, and when Rudy Giddy was brought back, mm-hmm. he said they weren't there. Amanda Knox, the roommate, and her Italian boyfriend, Rafael Selecto, whom she had known for two weeks, he said they weren't there. But there were discrepancies in Amanda's behavior that allowed the press to report about her Mm -hmm. in a certain way, which was she wasn't sobbing or she wasn't doing a certain way. And I'm not saying she did do it or didn't do it, because I don't know. She hasn't confessed, but she said she didn't do it. And what I do know is that guy's DNA was found in the room, and he fled, and he was at a disco. So so what happened was this, this... trial came up. Oh, and, and also he said they weren't there, and he got 16 years off his sentence when he said they were there. She, Amanda Knox, and Raphael are serving in long sentences. When Amanda was pulled in for questioning, she was pulled in as a witness, not as a suspect, so she didn't have a lawyer in the room. And there are a group of police officers, who, and Amanda says it was a, a very intense kind of interrogation, a coercion. She wasn't allowed water. She wasn't allowed um, to go to the bathroom. At one point, her head got someone kind of slapped her on the back of the head. They all say, of course, that didn't happen. But there's no record. Mm-hmm. A group of them and her. In the American system, we are innocent until proven guilty. There must be reasonable doubt. 
in the Italian system, their legal code is you are guilty until proven innocent. And so right there is, you know, just the crux of a huge, enormous bay of understanding in how we would approach something and how they would. And so one of the problems with traveling, you always have to be so careful until, you know, when you have kids of that age, too, where, you know, the whole world's a party. You got to understand and where you are. Of course, it's. I mean, and of course, exactly. Yeah. And and but but the part you know the part of her that's a party was was somehow so skewed because the first thing you would see written you know would be like Foxy Noxy, right. and you would go oh, Foxy Noxy. You wouldn't even know where the name yeah. came from naturally. You'd see Foxy Noxy, her picture, devious devil eyes. They would say this is just people reporting. This is like tabloid stuff. And you would think, oh my God, this girl is foxy and devious and it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's a soccer name. And, you know, there's another girl down the, s- the street called Killer Coma- Samantha or you know, Killer Catherine. Right. Sultry Samantha. And, you know, so what? So while I do passionately feel after having played the role and done my own research for the role that there is, um, a reasonable doubt, um, and some, and I read that, I feel that because I read this thing called the Massey Report, and that was this 400-page judge's report that came down, and it has prosecution, expert witnesses on the prosecution side about every minute detail, from fingerprints to Lumisol to, um, uh, you know, where, where the knife was laid on the table or whatever. And then it has defenses uh, offering, and then it has the judge's opinion. And so I read it, and I found that I could absolutely con- be play the mother realistically, or at least I could ascribe to her conviction that her daughter was innocent because of what I read. And I felt yeah. like, okay, I have, I have, there's conjecture in there that makes me just go, wait a minute. By the same token, the media reports and other things that were, some things were true, you would see behavior that, that made you think, wait, whoa, now, yeah. On. She did a cartwheel in the police office, but then what you had just said a minute ago, kids the world over, yeah. she was 19. And we do judge young girls still on sexuality. Well, We're still uncomfortable with female sexuality. I think after all these years, you can see it with when the press, even in this country, decides to go after a young kid in Hollywood, and oh, they've been here and there. And w- there's still almost like the... The Scarlet Letter. We still play those games in our own way. You know, that is a whole wonderful can of worms to even begin to discuss. And and sex is also a tool of war, as we know from mm-hmm. having watched women be raped all over the world mm-hmm. and as as an act of war. And we just had that amazing, beautiful reporter, mm-hmm. um, who because I'm in the room with you, her name, who was just... Um, it was CBS, yes. yeah. Just horribly, yeah. brutally beaten and ravaged sexually. For what? You know, there's something, there's just something about, you know, something anthropological right. about the other sides of this act of, yeah, I was an act of creation. Yeah. It allows for some judgment. I, and again, it's because they feel like it can hurt the other society. You know what I mean? Because uh, men, tend to be possessive of their women, their women's sexuality, mm. that you can come in and it degrades mm. not only the woman, mm. but all of the society. You're reminding me of something that I learned at nine years old. Mm. I remember being told it at nine years old. 
um, which was I said to someone, I said, what is a slut? You right. know, uh, I heard my dad say, don't act like a slut. What, yeah. what is a slut? And this person said, a slut is a girl who likes sex. And I said, oh, my God, I don't want to be a slut. Right. It's so bad, which means I don't want to be a girl who likes sex. What, are you kidding me? I love it. Isn't Why it? can't I love it and not be a slut? Yeah. You know, I like it. I, I, and all the, it, so it was, you're so right about the judgment, just even those little words that people Absolutely. Learn. And just think that while you were hearing that as a little girl, at the same age as a little boy, I'm like, well, being told you have to be sexual mm. well where are you going to if the girls don't are told yeah. not to do it the boys are told immediately to do it it sets us <laughs> so, up on oh, no. other sides oh, my God. Of, yeah this oh, other sides of playing field. that's a good play that's a and, good play what yeah. you just said yeah and it's really this thing that uh and they get to us with it it's such a young young age uh and then the the strangest thing is like when you have your own kids you're starting to fall back into the same kind of, of things course. that your parents did. You've got to actually battle back against it. Of course. To give and, them opportunities. And, and here, kind of wonderfully, mm-hmm. the Mellis family, From I don't know them, I've not met them, but from what I know about them from having read, they have a, a, a kind of interesting, wonderful, progressive way about right. them. She uh, and her first husband were divorced, but friends. Mm-hmm. She remarried. He remarried. They're all friends. She remarried someone younger. So what? By the way, the press reports, young enough to be Amanda's brother. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Amanda was like w- w- some young age and the guy was, the guy was at least 15 or 16 years or so. Amanda mm-hmm. senior and 10 some odd, uh, at his, uh, junior. And again, so what? Right. She married someone younger, which what meant what? The sex is hotter? I don't know. Maybe it was, yeah. maybe it wasn't. She, she loved the guy. So what? But boy, oh boy, now mom's a slut too, right? Because, right, exactly. Because, so, so, but the family's friends and the family t- condoned safe sex for their daughter if the daughter made the right, uh, made the right choices. And I've been to Italy and I've seen the young people making out on the fountains and not, mm-hmm. not, not just the Americans. It's not all Americans. Everybody in a extremely, you know, in a Catholic country. So I don't quite understand the, I don't understand the disconnect that. Yeah. Italy is acting very strange on this whole thing and very uh, defensive about their own system. And like we said, they're going after Amanda Knox's parents now for saying, hey, our child was uh, abused when she was in. Now, every parent is going to be on their kid's side. Right. And we have this in our country, you know. OJ's family was gathered around right. him at the time. And, and, and we look at it like, well, I get that they feel that way. That's blood. But here the Italy is ready to indict those people well, and bring them back into Italy I for ask, slander. And is the problem here that she didn't say that Etta and her husband didn't say, Kurt didn't say, according to Amanda, right. she was. Is it just those three words that they're being indicted for having Omitted here's because what, are you not allowed to say what your daughter says happened? Here's what I here's what I believe. They're they're obviously mad at Lifetime. They've already gone after Italy has gone after Lifetime and said, "Oh, you're getting in the way of the uh, mm. appeals." They don't want this story told that way. Now I think if they think they can do this, the parents they keep the the parents are going to say, "Well, I don't want to be indicted, so I'm not going back to Italy." Then they can't visit their daughter. Right. They keep them out of the news. So, but, I, but really, you're not allowed to say that your daughter said that this thing happened. 
in our country, it would be fine. I don't, you know, that's the thing. I don't understand their system there. Well, and also, curiously, the lawyer that's representing the cops yeah. is the same lawyer that represented Meredith Kircher's family. So there's, in our country, that would be a um, conflict of interest. Right. But over there, it's, I don't know. Uh, everything that you that you get involved in, all of your great roles, you get this involved in too. I mean, you know, you know, you build these characters from the ground up, huh? Well, no. Sometimes things are so boring, and I and I get involved with them just a little bit to make some a little bit of money. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I mean, sometimes sometimes you're like, uh, you know, how much research can you do on this? Give you friggin' two dimensional character, and the, you know, you try to make it interesting, and you try to do that. But this one is fascinating. This is a yeah. richly textured, emotional story of two mothers who've lost their daughters mm-hmm. of of countries, not just if there's Italy involved, there's, um, you know, England. She was, R- Meredith right. Kircher was British, but of some, um, she's, she's not a wasp. She's of Arabic uh, kind of Arabic background. Yeah. There's uh, Rudy Gidi, who's South African, and there's Amanda Knox, who's American. There's sexualities, there's colors, there's races, there's all things involved in this story. And, and it's begs to be delved into. Plus, Lifetime has a responsibility, and I have a, a responsibility right. to be accurate, to not be, you know, um, uh, sending up the sad sorrows and mm-hmm. or my uh, she's so innocent without ever, uh, without ever having conflict. Right. And so because it's a real story, and and it's in appeals right now, and for absolute sure, nobody wants to say. This is the movie to get Amanda Knox out of prison. That's not what it is. It's not even told. The the, the film itself still leaves it up in this the air. Way it's up told from a viewer. couple of different angles. It's told of what from could. facts, just yeah. from facts gathered. This is what happened, and and these are views of different people. You that's can see right. One version of what happened. That's right. Another version of what happened. Right. You um, see, Amanda is not an angel mm-hmm. in this because she wasn't. She was a, a normal girl. Um, so it's not saying she did or didn't. It shows Meredith Kircher's family and, uh, you know, with, I think, respect for their pain. And, um, uh, so that's why I would do it. And the, but the great interesting part is that once you start looking at it, if you download that report and you mm. read that report, you say, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. What about this? What about this? And here we would say, Okay, she did a cartwheel at the station, and that whatever was it really a cartwheel? Is it there? Mm. Is it that? Is that what they call a cartwheel? Or nobody knew what to call it, and then somebody goes, eh, "I think they call it a cartwheel, or whatever." And right. then we go, "Oh no, no, a cartwheel looks like this. That was a stretch or a downward dog or whatever." So, but does that mean she did it? Yeah. Does that mean she did it? And that's what we always come back to. And they say, "Does that mean she, she didn't do it?" There's always this thing, too, I mean, it's true in this country as well, too, is that we love to follow a murder in a good neighborhood. That so yeah. much of the time the press yeah. will dive on those stories that take place uh, with people that aren't supposed to have this happen. And then we completely um, have nothing to do with all the other murders of just anonymous people that aren't as interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what happens when you get caught up mm-hmm. in a trial like that. It becomes for, it comes, it becomes marketable. It becomes really marketable. Meaning you're saying that this, 
she's a normal girl. Yeah. She's not the good neighborhood girl. Yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a girl in this neighborhood that shouldn't have taken place. Oh, and it be- suddenly becomes, a, for lack of a better word, a sexy right. story for the tabloids. Right. And when that happens, how do you ever get to the truth? By the time the trial goes on, uh, and you even show in the movie on Lifetime, how many of the people were already interviewed on TV giving yeah. out their, you know, that that should have been taken to trial first. Well, and not to mention that a jury is not sequestered in Italy. Wow. So any bit of information that the media had put out there, which the first bit they put out there was when, when they found her, uh, not found her guilty when she was initially brought in for questioning, was that this was a devil-worshipping sexual act of crime. Okay. As soon as you read that devil worshiping sexual act of crime by a girl named Foxy Noxy yeah. with a boyfriend who had a comic book in his apartment that had a violent Japanese comic thing in it, bet yeah. you're there, you're gone, you're you've condemned her. Then you go back and you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, she'd only known him two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, but these two devil worshippers will will find internet and cults that they belong to. Well, you don't. She'd only known him two weeks, so she wasn't a devil-worshipping girl before. I see. In two weeks, she was convinced and brainwashed enough to become a devil-worshipping killer now, or a person who even in an accident killed mm. somebody and didn't, you know. I mean, it's just, it, it boggles the imagination to not allow logic and reasonable doubt right. be your, your guiding light. Rather than the other, you know, the the conviction it boggles the imagination to suggest the probability. That's what I kept, kept coming back to a lot. Mm-hmm. Is this a possibility? Yes. Is this a probability? No. Is it possibly could? Yes. Is it probably? And you would just go down the line every way, and I would find interesting how what could have been a probability for me is not just a possibility when it's a possibility it seems to become a fact mm. and just a very different way of looking at it you sound like you think that there's a um that the sexuality of it there's like a punishing kind of like you said the scarlet letter i and, think that yeah. happens uh quite a bit of the time i think that we're very judgmental of yeah. young women yeah. Um, and I think it takes place in all societies yeah. still to this well, day. Well, you know, there was the Indian girl, um, maybe not Indian. You, you people who read it will know the fact there was a girl in uh, one of the Middle Eastern countries just two weeks ago who uh, was raped by an uncle. Mm-hmm. And the family uh, rallied around and said she uh, seduced him. And then she was publicly beaten. As, as was their clerical law or whatever that she mm-hmm. could be, but that was supposed to have been not happening anymore in that country. And she died. And I think the girl was raped. She's 14. She's mm-hmm. raped by this man. But in order for him not to own his own insidious behavior, the family now rallies around him, blames her. She's beaten. And the family of her has to pay the other family money and it's just, what rights? What, what rights did that girl have and that family yeah. had? And, you know, it does make me feel very grateful to people like, um, you know, Carrie Kennedy and the people, the myriad of women and uh, laws and people who work, go around the world trying to allow for more 
humane rights for women. Um, and it is a slow battle. I mean, it oh, is yeah. literally one of these cases where it's case by case all over the world. I mean, it exists everywhere. And obviously, you could look at Saudi Arabia and Africa and, and probably parts of Asia, but it's still an international problem. I mean, it's still an international thing after all these years. It's a funny thing because I would be so interested in, in an anthropological look at what is that serving us in this way or how, where does this how has this affected societies? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the 200,000-year march of mankind and certainly the last 50,000-year march of mankind, you think 50,000 years of physical programming mm-hmm. to be nomadic peoples, um, th- really 50,000 yeah. and only the last 10,000 agricultural peoples and only the last 5,000 more community-dwelling peoples, and only the last 50 birth control peoples that really, for many, many, many years, we're off on such a tangent, I'm like, talk about the movie, talk about the movie. (laughs) Don't forget, just just throw the word (laughs) Amandanox in there and and keep keep talking anthropologically if you want to. (laughs) But but really, girls' bodies were supposed to be, we were ready Mm. to be pregnant at 12 and 13. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, dear God, that our daughters should be, but... Their bodies are ready. And we live in this society where modern medicine said, girls, 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 wait till you're 45, 50, whatever. You don't have any eggs by 45 (laughs) or 50. You're not going to get pregnant. Your eggs are fantastic at 16, 17, 18, through your 20s. You and I are supposed to be dead by now. Right. You know what I mean? The, 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 The march of body memory is so much longer than the, the minute minute of where we are right now. And so there's, Clearly, a disconnect in, in a, in a, I can see how there could be a disconnect in a mankind's understanding of sexual freedom. Well, not only that, but they're telling us that kids are maturing intellectually and emotionally later, mm-hmm. and their bodies are maturing earlier. So right. you're getting girls that are young. But really, we're not ready for them to make decisions. Like you said, not even in another five, ten years. We really don't right. want them to make those decisions till they're in their thirties now. I know, but can I just say, that how do people friggin' know if girls are, or, or boys or whoever kids are yeah. intellectually now, later? Because, what is it, intellectually later, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we keep them at play. Yeah. Right? Because whatever they were doing before was about being responsible by the time you're 19, 20. Exactly. And working as children who help their parents and having life responsibility, not not wondering when you can buy your next iPod. It's and true. not having to do any chores. And, and, and gee, if I don't get nine playdates, I just, and believe <laughs> me, I'm, I'm that mother too. Like, the kids need, need, need. And that's not responsible. So who am I to say? And, and, Intellectually, they learn a whole lot more. They have a whole lot more world vision. They have a whole lot less exercise. They have a lot of finger exercise because they text all the time and do computer work all the time. But they're not physically working. You know, a kid in the past, even in the past 100 years, would know about, you know, farming, let's say, or building. And, and you didn't throw away everything. You, re- you rewired the lamp yeah. that broke. And the kids knew that. They, mm. so, 
and it's so fascinating that you say that because you think about even literature and you look back at, at what what kids would be studying in school a long time ago, and I think, my God, they were reading Beowulf when they were, you know, yeah. 11, cheaper our kids. I mean, I, I, ha- I haven't read it yet, you know. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and it's just... It's interesting. I probably should still talk about Lifetime, but I really do like talking about yeah. all this. But the interesting thing there, too, is that all the parents feel like they've done bad anyway. No matter what happens, you'll never run into people who have raised kids who go, well, I pulled it off. I've done so much better. You just feel like, I don't know. I don't and know what, and what would make you feel like you did it better? I don't even know. That not the funny part yeah. of it is that you really don't even know where this finish line is supposed to be. Part of it, I think it is. I mean, I'm not saying I don't know what the finish line is, but I think there's this desire, there's this push from kindergarten. Maybe I'm saying this is a New Yorker because believe me, it is harder to get your kid in kindergarten than into Harvard, right? Yeah. In, in certain schools. And it costs more, by the way, yeah. to get your kid into kindergarten than to put a kid through Harvard. So I, there's this thing that you're on the track. You jump on the track and the track goes, Exactly like we you know, kindergarten school, da, da 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 you get out of school, high school, you go right to college, da da da, da you go right to Harvard or Ivy League or wherever, you get out of college, wherever it is, whatever college it is, and the next day, are you at a job, and you're on this march where you are hungry to take a breath, and there's maybe some little period of time when you're in college that, you know, you went on a hike, in the Appalachians, and you sat on a mountaintop, and you, you, you wrote a poem, and then the next 30 years, you want it back. And then That's you it. have kids. And then, you know, they're tumble, tumble, tumble. So the experience, the momentary experience, experience of life, experience that we're building, building, building for is devalued. Yeah. It is devalued with commercialism, buying, did you do, was I successful? What is successful? You know, I mean, and in some ways, I do think that plays into this, the story. And I'm, I think it's probably yeah. why we ran down this line is that we're, we're much more playful as a country, as a people. We expect less on some level from our mm-hmm. kids, I think, it seems, than over there, uh, than in Italy. And, and this playful girl who was drinking and having sex and, Seemingly free sex, which, by the way, Meredith had a boyfriend for, mm. that she had just had for two weeks, too, um, is punished. It is punished. And how interesting in this bear baiting to set the two girls up against each other. Sure. As opposed to the guy. It's amazing. And then also there's uh, Amanda's mom, no matter what she did, now every night of her life is thinking that her daughter is in a prison in... Italy, I mean, how do you ever have a good night's sleep? You never do, whether the daughter was guilty or not. You never do. But the pain is naturally intensified if the daughter is not guilty. And what is your choice? Abandon your daughter? What is your choice? You you stay and you fight for your daughter, and you love her through thick and thin. That's the universality of being able to play at a mellis as, as the mom is. You don't abandon your kids. No. You're a lion. You protect them. Come Thick or thin. No matter what happens. You protect them and you love them. And in this case, she vehemently believes in her daughter's innocence. And possibly if someone read the Amanda Report, they might, I mean, the Amanda Report, (laughs) there's something called the Amanda Report, the um, Massey Report, they would see why 
she has so many questions and why many other people do too. Hey, if this was a cut and closed case, we wouldn't be talking about it. Absolutely. It wouldn't have been carried on. There wouldn't be any room for it to still be looked at. And the, I don't think Italy would have any problem with Lifetime running this movie. They would be like, go ahead and run it, but they're upset about it and, uh, but it won't, it doesn't say, it, listen, yeah. the, it, 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 Lifetime doesn't want it to help or hurt her. It's mm-hmm. just illuminating the facts. And if it does illuminate something that's truthful, that says, has everybody going, thank God yeah. we realize now that she is guilty and she should be in prison. Or thank glorious God that we've realized we made an error and we're not so small that we can't save mail culpa. Go rest on your way, my child. We could say that. And she's free and justice has been done. You know, but we're also in an era where do the right thing. It's got to happen. God bless you, Spike Lee. It's not um, necessarily on people's tongue. It seems to be do do what you want to do to make you feel good about yourself when you want to feel good. Take what money you want, do whatever you want, and then say you're sorry. And, you know, uh, I don't know. It's it, it's uh, it's fascinating. We could go on and on about this. It's Amanda Knox murder on trial in Italy. That's Lifetime. That's February twenty mm-hmm. first, nine o'clock east. Uh, Marsha Gay Harden. I know you live here um, uptown. You got to come down and see me sometime. We'll just talk about all the films of, that you're in that I love. I'd love to have you just stop by when we have some time. You're fantastic, and I can rest my hands on your stomach. Yes, yes, <laughs> we can do whatever we need. That's good. I actually might be bringing the kids down here so they can see what it's like. Oh, I would love to have them come in. We'll, we'll take them for a tour. Yeah, they've never they've never seen it, and you don't imagine it until you're in it. And it's it's a, it's beautiful. It's fun. Yeah, it's crazy, and you never know who's going to be in these halls. That's right. I'm telling you, we the biggest rock stars in the world walk up and down here. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll work out a deal where we know who's going to be here because sometimes we do concerts up. So, so tell us who the kids like. And we'll make sure you get up here, and, and you'll just be sitting in a little room like this, hearing people saying it's great. Genius. That would be fantastic. That'll be great. God bless you, and thank you God for all the great you. work. Thank and you. we'll see you next time. Thank you. See, there are three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, hey, Jonathan, you're on the Ron and Fez Show. Jonathan, we got you, buddy? Yo, what's going on, Ron? How are yeah, you? Good. Man, I was listening to that interview that you just had, and I, I wasn't pretty caught at first, but I sat down and just took a second to listen, and it was fucking amazing, Ron. Oh, well, it's her movie and her stuff, but... Uh... It's been crazy because 20 years now I've been crazy about this woman and have her come in, not say a word to me, run in here and start to rub me all over the place. <laughs> um, that's got to be amazing, huh? 
It's insane. I mean, she played Ava Garva. Ava right. Garva? Ava Gardner? Gardner. Ava Gardner in that Frank Sinatra movie. So, I mean, to be able to pull that off, you know you've got to be one of the sexiest women in the world. And uh, she was really fun and really just, like, throwing herself into all these different topics. I just dug her. Bill, you're on Run of Fez. Yeah, Ron, I can't tell you what I would give to have her rub my tummy. It's but, amazing. Um, God, she's stunning, too. Oscar well, Mike, winner, Tony winner. My question for you, Ron, first, I mean, you need to take some time and appreciate what you do. And my real question is, what is it like? What's it feel like to intrigue all these interesting people with your interviews? I mean, sometimes they're just taken aback by the fact that you put some time into your questions. Well, no, it's not even a matter of that, but you just you, you treat them like their work matters. And a lot of, so many of the... Uh, so many of these people that they have to talk to all day don't get together. As a matter of fact, this was the the funniest thing. There was, I guess Oprah had just done something on The View the other day, right? So they had, Oprah was backstage at The View. And the whole point of the story was like, look, they're coming in with no makeup on. You can watch them get their paint. And they all look terrible coming in. I mean, even the pretty one, you don't look great without makeup on TV. But then they had some guests coming on. And they had these little cards with questions on it. And Barbara's going, um, I don't like my question. I like this one. And she's going, okay, good. Well, you take this question, you take that. That No matter what the person says to them, they have questions to ask. It's the biggest waste of fucking time in history. And that's what we have right now in interviewing. So here we have a little time. I mean, you're talking about time I put in it. Obviously, if you made a movie, you're going to put all the time in the world into it, and we let them talk about it, not just ask them who they're dating or whatever. But uh, Marsha is just like this wild amount of energy. It was just really uh, crazy just to be hanging out with her. And I swear to God, I just watched Miller's Crossings again not too long ago, and I'm totally pissed Dave is here with us because he would have been crazy about meeting her. I just wish like she could have signed some more stuff because we only had one DVD uh-huh. that I know we're going to be giving away at some point. DVD to what? Uh, that she signed. Which what, what, DVD? I believe it was Pollock. Oscar winning movie. It's awesome. But I was Huge. thinking. Great movie, too. Oh, yeah. But I was thinking. I brought this down, my gift for Fez that he kind of, you know, shit on yesterday. That's the picture of uh, the, big Ed McMuff- the Big Egg McMuffin. Yeah, Fez signed it. But I thought it would be cool if maybe we had like every time somebody came in. They signed it, too? Why uh, would you want to put off a guest with something like that? Can I, something bizarre. Can I just tag it, though? I got the idea. What's that? Uh, all the guests signed, so you got a lot of famous people. We put it on eBay at the end of the year. goes to Ronald McDonald House. All Perfect. the money. Bam. Look. Now, Wonderful. the weird thing is, a lot of these guests might not want to sign a McDonald's poster because, you know... Well, I think it's, I still don't understand the problem with it. The idea is to make a guest comfortable, not weird them out with a poster of a giant McGriddle. Well, no, I don't think it's weird. I think it's a delicious meal. Not necessarily the most healthy product, but something, well, you guys, it's the most important meal of the day, Fez. You gotta be like, hey. You're not even listening to me. You're just being an asshole so you can wave this poster around one more time. This is where you're at your comfortable place. It's just, it's. But but, uh, here's what I'm gonna ask you. Why aren't you talking to the callers the same way? In the same tonality. Why do you sit there and take it on the chin from the callers? 
You should be talking to them exactly the same way you're talking to him. You're trying to use logic right now. Yeah, the uh, w- with him, he's just trying to do something stupid to bug is, me and get airtime. But what money. about this? What if at the end of the year we had 60, 70 celebrity names on there and it's on a giant McDonald's breakfast thing Fuck and then you fucking have that and the money goes around at McDonald's house, which does really great work. That's not a stupid idea at all. It's a great idea. Uh, Andy, you're in Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just tired of hearing about Fez and his problems. What about you? How are you doing? I'm great. You got any problems? Uh, nope. I'm fucking, right. seriously, right now, I'm walking on fucking air because uh, Marsha Gay Harden is now my friend. How would you like the thing of where I fucking suddenly said, I'd love to take your kids around? <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of shit I like to do. Why not? <laughs> it's always the thing when you know someone is too beautiful, when you act like their children must be great, too. Like, I'd love to take your kids places. They're associated with you, right? Sure, let's go. It's the weirdest thing, though, you know, that we have with women is, like, she's won an Oscar. She's won a Tony. And yet she's still doing, you know, she's still scrambling around. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because, you know, Bruce Willis doesn't want any of those things. She seemed really down to earth, too. Down to earth enough to uh, sign the breakfast poster. Stop saying the same stuff about breakfast posters. If we do it, we do it. Um, Anthony, you're on Fez. Yeah, hey, Ron. Fez, I love you, but you're talking about making the guest uncomfortable. You're, you sit in the studio and just stare at them and, and don't say anything. Don't you think that weirds them out when there's two the, radio hosts and they're only talking to one person? The new thing is that we take Fez out of the studio. Right, so you don't in. know what you're talking about, sir. Uh, so Fez is the greeter out front. Uh, not now, why do you like greeting them? Um, that, I feel a little bit more comfortable with getting them in the studio. But here's the thing, though. Just greet them when they get in here, and then we'll be talking to them. Like the same thing you do when you greet? Mm-hmm. Like do it when the mic's on. Well, I, like I said, I like to try to keep them comfortable, not make them uh, uncomfortable. Um, Joe, you're on Hey, I want you guys to sell that poster. Make sure that check or cash is payable to Ronnie B. And you deposit it whenever you get the time, partner. Um, oh, I got to go. I, I got to take a knee bond. Seriously, I do a lot of fucking awful things. I don't think I could steal from sick kids. Not anymore. I'm done. Wait, you used to? Um, Chris, you're on the Run of Fetish show. Hey, Ron. How you doing today? It's none of your business, Chris. <laughs> I expected that. That's uh, between me hey. and Marsha Gay Harden. <laughs> hey, you have a golden opportunity, I think, tomorrow. You know, uh his parents are coming to town. I think it would be awesome if you could have his mom or dad on the air and get some stuff out in the open and talk stuff over. Are you bringing your parents in? Uh, no, no. Now, here's the million-dollar question. If Fez's parents came in here, do you think he would try to act normal on the air like he was talking and part of the show? Like he would try to act like old Fez? Yeah, gangbusters. What do you think, Zeke, man? I think he might He might act, um, I think he'd probably try and act normal. I, I just got a text that said, golden opportunity. What about the golden arches? And that's from Zito. Yeah, because... Now he's stealing your fucking text bit. Uh-huh, yeah, because... And this is the, might be the text of the day. No good ideas from him. No good ideas at all. Well, where'd you get your good idea from? 
Well, he's copying mine. So does that mean that you was your idea? No, that was the one given to me by who? You. All right. So who's then? Who's get should take the credit? Um, here's um, Fez. Do you think you would act normal if your parents came in? Um, I would like to think so. You wouldn't do your normal gig. Um, I don't. I don't know. I just. I no. I would be extra nervous. I would be actually. You wouldn't nervous. do the lockup thing in front of them and have people call up and say, "Why aren't you on the air?" Though, right? I wouldn't want to put them through it. It's too mean. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Would you do that? Um, I honestly don't know. I think there's a possibility that I might do that. See, it's I don't know and possibility that's keeping you from enjoying yourself and having that opinion that gets you out there. What do you think, Zito? Well, I, I think that maybe his parents would force him to kind of. Man up a little bit and and just go through it to, to you know to looking for approval. From I kind of think there's some truth to that, Fez. I kind of might when I'm in here every day, because that might get you just out like, hey everybody, how's everyone doing? What are you upset about? Like, who, you think you're being picked on? Yeah, I'm not bringing my parents in here. Why not? People are too nasty to me. I'm not going to let people. them listen. The callers, Zito, I'm not letting them listen to that. I won't come on. We we won't. We won't have any mean calls through. We'll let them through. Why do you let them through every day anyway? Why, why does everyone always act different when the parents are around? Now, Fezzi, I got somebody for you because you said to me before that there's only one person that you feel like you can trust now, that you feel like you can get along now, and I invite him to the show it's Fred Brooklyn. Here's oh, nice! Yeah. Fred Brooklyn. Come on and have a seat, Fred. How are you, sir? Hey, Fred Brooklyn. Great. Hey, Fuzzy. Oh, a couple of cigars. You got these off the uh, couple of uh when you were doing your cruise? No, no, no. Recent. Those are those unfortunate. Those are long smoked? No, not long smoked. They, didn't, they weren't up to your quality, sir. They dried out. Oh. Well, it's good to... Good to see you. You too. Hey, Fezzy. Hi, Fred Brooklyn. Good to see you. I don't know you. whether you're even uh, aware of this, uh, Fred, but Fez feels like you are the one guy in the world that's got his back. You are the one guy in the world that never let him down. Were you even aware that he had uh, that feeling about you? Up until he started saying it uh, on the air a few weeks ago. Uh, actually, no. I, I didn't know you felt that way, Fezzy. I think you're the guy who's been 100%. Well, I, I try. I try to be positive on your behalf. I try everything I can for you. It, uh, I give you the advice. I write you. You never write back. I, I, Why don't, I don't you know. write back? I thought I write back. You don't write back because you don't yeah. even write. And I'm hearing from people from the show. They'll go, all right, we all up to date. And they go, I'm waiting for an email back from Fez. From where I'm doing stuff. You got, you've got a bad thing of not writing back. All right. I thought I no, wrote I, back I, to everybody. I, I've sent out a couple of... Uh, Emails never got anything back, so I didn't push it. But I'm glad you feel that way. I support you fully. It I absolutely the feel that way. What is it about Fred Brooklyn that gives you a, a feeling of comfort? Because Fred is someone who's he's not going to get fucked with himself, and, gonna... and he just he he stick he knows when it's piling on from the callers and people like Zito, and he he recognizes it. 
when it's just re- when it goes to an era of ridiculousness. So you feel like he can be your wingman, like if you're dealing with Zito. Oh yeah, I guarantee no one's gonna like hold up an egg poster to me now with Fred sitting here. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Where's your egg poster? What, what am I gonna do? Yeah, no idea, Zito. You can tear it up if you want. I know that you think you're being fucking strong. Yeah. I mean, he's a very large man. I clearly would. would... That's the least problems out of Fred. Okay. Right. That's the that's the least of your worries. It wouldn't be just here Let in the ask, studio. Do you want this poster to make it through the day? <laughs> if you're telling me you don't want this poster to make it through the I'll day, I'll let then... you know. But I notice that it's not being held up now. Well, I mean, how are all the celebrities going to sign it? If see, he's a smartass, Fred. Well, he is a smartass. Now, Fred, you've known Fez for a long time. Don't you think that a person like Zito should be easy as pie for Fez to handle? Always was. I, yes. I, he, he, he doesn't take the offensive at all. It's always on the defensive. He I does, was he, telling you this, Fez. You, you just, before he even finishes his sentence, if you're going to bulldoze at all, do it on this guy. I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's, uh, I have bad days. I realize that. Well, I, I don't even see it as bulldozing. It's a Ron and Fez show, and if you're going to roll in there, roll in there. And make each shot count, Fezzy. Come on. Draw blood? Well, I don't, I don't know with, with each shot if he should but, draw blood. But hit him where it hurts, is what he's saying. <laughs> Just fucking level this kid. It's easy what enough. Are, what are you holding back? What is happening with you? I'm not holding back anything. I let everyone know how I feel about this punk. That's not the same as doing, saying, like, if you're fucking standing, like, on a street corner situation, which this is more or less is, you can't say, I'm not comfortable with the way that you treat me. Not to a fucking guy like Zito, because that just makes him look over and see a victim. You have to make it not worth it for him to try to make his bones on you. That's the thing that you're not fucking understanding. You still uh, not? Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, I understand. It's just one of those days. But it's always one of those days lately. Come on, man. It's like being a salesman. When when the time comes, you just gotta you gotta do it. You gotta step up. Come on. It's a Ron and Fez show. You 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 have to show. Deal with this kid. If he comes at you, go back at and him. And he's not even a fraction like, of it. He's like a fucking sensei to you right now. Yeah, but that will recognize. That will make you recognize that you are Fez. Come on, Fezzy. You can do it. Send you out there. I'm your corner man. What, what, what was there something going on before I walked in? What's that? Were oh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Really? He fucking, here's what happened. He, he's got this poster that's supposed to embarrass Fez. I saw it on Twitter. Now, mm-hmm. what he wants to do now is have all of our guests sign the poster. By the way, you just missed the, the beautiful Melissa. Uh, I saw her in the Marshall. hallway. Oh, is she gorgeous, right? And boy, does she wear those heels well. She yeah, makes. she's stunning. Oh. She's Ooh. stunning. Ooh-wee. I made up a lie for a reason for her to come back and ask and offered to put on a private concert for her children. What a piece of garbage I turned into within seconds. This is the worst thing, to act like you fucking care about someone's children. What is wrong with me that it would leap like that? But she's stunning, stunning woman. Where did that poster come from? It looks like a piece of shit. It looks like it was out he in the found garbage. It, he found it in the fucking trash. Did he? I did. See, oh. see, Fred, what he likes to do is he tries to put himself over in this building. He oh. tries to get everyone to look at Mark Zito. And when he realizes that people could care less, that he's not worth their time of day, 
Then he tries to take the shots at me, and he thinks he's going to make his name that way. But here's the thing, Fezzi. You watch football, right? Mm-hmm. When a rookie comes in, don't they want that fucking position from the veteran? You know what I mean? Like, this is the veteran's job is to hold off the rookie. Right, yeah. And uh, Zito has a great job. He goes and gets me a water every morning when I get here. That's true. So why does he get over on you doing the show? That's the thing for you to think Your of. job looks pretty sweet, too, though. In addition to just, like, the water thing that I do. I, I would like to do what you do. That is true. Unfortunately, you can't. I'm doing it right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Say, Fred, what do we do with this guy? Why are you asking Fred? Because Fred's got my back. So you need Fred to fight your battles against me? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking to this Fred, not the Fred on a YouTube with a squeaky oh, voice. Shit. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, I'm not talking about the one Zing. where they slowed down his voice to sound like you. Ah, uh, because I have a high-pitched voice. I understand. Uh, let's go over here to, um, <laughs> let's go to Adam in Connecticut. You're in Memphis. I can't fucking stand it anymore. When I was a fucking intern, I had to clean the fucking van. I had to do all the bullshit stuff. If this guy's going to fuck with Fezzi, make him do something. Not fucking go get your water. Make him fucking do something. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Fez uh, would be in charge of that. Um, but he doesn't take that thing even off air as well. All fair, do you feel like he respects you, Fez? Oh, no. 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 you got to make him respect you. You think he respects me? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'll be waiting outside his fucking apartment. He gives me shit. That wouldn't be good. I I'll fucking drive to Rhode Island. And when your dad's doing that fucking let me, let me walk through your oh. restaurant stuff, I'll be in there like Michael Corleone coming out of the bathroom. Fuck yeah. Uh, Make sure you take care of that toilet. I don't want to come walking in and out of the bathroom with nothing but my dick in my hand. But even then, I'll still beat him to death with it. No. And we hear anything back from Marsha Gayharden? Still waiting. Mm. Trying to get, you know, times for the fishbowl and whatnot. Tell her I want to talk to her about her kids, about what's going on with her sister. Yeah, I know. Make up all kinds of lies. Sure. This is where I'm in the I'm acting like I'm a better person than I am zone. All right, so lie to Marsha. Get her in. Lie to everyone about me. Okay. Whoever you're talking to, just say to them immediately, Rodden's very concerned about you right now. Okay, lie to everyone. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fred, you've been keeping an eye on Fez, right? I've been listening, and, and to tell you the truth, it's hard to call in. My last three calls that I've made into the show have all been, like, advice calls. And, I, I you know, I... I think everybody identifies with an aspect of what Fez is going through. Oh, well, sure, I do. Everyone does. But you, you got to step up and do your job and then take it back home with you. You, right. you, you, you got to separate. Well, you got to separate your, shows, your social life from your business life. You got to come in here on fire regardless. I, I, I go home, I'm miserable. But when I step out, I, I'm telling the guys what to do. I, I'm selling the jobs. and yeah, You don't have to be real. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Come on, Fezzy. Come on. What is it about Fred that you like so much? What is it about Fred? Because Fred, I mean, Fred? yeah, I wish. I mean, I hear all of Fred's advice, and I know Fred has been through down points in his life. 
I'm, I'm I know Fred has been, you know, uh, in really dark places at times. And when he comes in very positive, I'm like, God, I know I hear everything Fred says and I just want to do it. And I get I get stuck in a cloud. You got to just before you walk in the building, just you got to turn an on switch. on. You're buying it. Did you get the email I sent you last night after you sent me one? Um, Did you check it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I told you don't buy eggs. Just walk the fuck in there and start the day right. And then when I turned on the radio to start, there it is. You bought the eggs. It was an egg day. Just so that makes you commit. What he's saying <laughs> is, you are fucking burning your bridges. It, it, Fred, you want to take that poster down for me? Sure. Thank you. Just oh. let me, oh, it's got oh, a rip. No. It's got a rip. Wait, what's on the other side? I never even noticed that. Oh, oh, it's a happy that. Meal. Actually, you know what? That's actually a good thing. We should hang this side up. It's a happy meal. So you come in and you look at it. Pixar pals. Look, if you get uh, the kid a fucking Happy Meal, you're going to have to get seven of them. Give me a fucking meal. post. I enjoy a few Happy Meals every morning. Give me that post, man. The resale value's gone now. It has some damage. Uh, there's no way that we can uh, ask somebody like a Marsha Gay Harden. By the way, They'll feel all uncomfortable. I am trying, I brought this up before, to get her for Eastside Dave's Movie Fest. That'd don't don't try to grab the poster. If there's a possible that we show all of her movies, maybe I can get her to come up there. With the kids? No. I'm going to leave them behind, <laughs> take a limo down Jersey with her. Mm. Um, let's go over to uh, Bobby in Vegas, Sherman FS. Hey, Fed, you come in every day saying that you're having a bad day, you're having locked up. I, I don't know, Ron, do you have the ability to send people home like other people who have, are in charge of other people? Yeah, but I'm not going to send Fez home. It's a show. Hey, he's more comfortable at home, or he can probably put an ISDN line and call in from his house. Would you like to try that, Fez, if we hook up an ISDN line? No, I wouldn't be more comfortable there. I did, as nutty as it sounds, I like to come in here. I want to come in here. I have picked up on that. I know I no one believes me. And when I see you skipping into work every day, I'm like, yeah, Fez can't wait to get here. Oh, I've known people who really lock up. They don't even leave the house. I, they, the man's making it to work on time. He's motivated. He does what he has to do, and then he shuts down once he gets to the job. It's, if he was driving a crane, he'd just be sitting there, and everybody would be yelling at him, move the fucking dirt. But he's, I, I, I don't get it. I, I swear I don't get it why why there's a problem at the job. But, but uh, you said, is it just here, Fez, or it's everywhere? It's everywhere. It's 24 hours a day. All right. Um... Mm. I'm looking over here. Cigars and Scotch says maybe you should go by the name Fez Brooklyn. <laughs> and that way, you know, you can take on some of Fred's stuff. Uh, Mike, you're running Fez. Yeah, it kind of sounds like uh, Fez may be in love with Fred, you know, in a gay way. Um, that's really nobody's business if they do have that kind of friendship. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a married man. You've met my wife and my kids. That's Do you watch like, the TV show Shameless? Yeah, that's like the worst thing you could say to a guy. Oh, that is true. Let me just smell these cigar things just in case. No, there's no ass smell to that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Come on, Ronnie. I, no, I'm, this... I'm just checking. I didn't know. I see you over here. It's like the Fezzi's... fucking pink parade. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I got Fezzy's back, but come on. Um, uh, Kyle, you're on Fez. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, listen, I I really like Fez, and I like when Fez is sticking up for himself, and he's done a lot of it. So what I'm wondering is, do you have the ability to pick who your interns there are going to be, or are you just going to get stuck with it, whatever piece of shit? He's not on? an intern. He's a narc for the company. Yeah, I'm not an intern. Oh, you're not an intern. He's no. a radio narc. Oh, well, that, that, that makes sense. So yeah. I'm just stuck with him regardless. Yeah, an intern can't work fucking uh, undercover. Um, let's go read a rich. You're on Fez. Hey, Ron Fez, how's it going? Hey, Fez, when you say Fred was stuck in dark places, do you mean like a, he was stuck inside a barrel? <laughs> All right, let's move. Then that's not true. I don't think any of you guys are gay. I'm going to hope. Well, it's gotten a little strange here today. Holy cow. That's a turn I didn't expect. Uh, me neither. I'm stunned by it, but I don't judge. Honey, turn off the phone. Or, um, or turn off the radio, please. There was a band called Right Said Fred. Oh, yeah, there was. Mm. Yeah, And they were bald. Fezzy, you got your guy here, and now you got white again. What do you want to talk to Fred about? This is your time. Do you want to yeah, what is some fucking wisdom from him? We don't understand what it is about Fred that's out of gotten... Yeah, out of everybody that you were saying, I need my Freddy boy with me at all times. Well, Fred doesn't, you know, Fred will understand when someone is working hard to get something out there. And, you know, he's not the t kind of guy who's going to call in the show when I'm talking about something totally different and just try to yell lettuce wraps to throw me off right, or bring up Sprint Airlines or anything else. All right, let's get back to this. I just want to make sure I get your point of view. You've been working real hard, and the listeners have been derailing you. It, I mean, they try to. Mm -hmm. When I do have a good day, people can't stand. They can't stand it when I have a bad day and it's go home and die, and it's. They can't stand it when I have a good day either. All right. So someone told you to go say go home and die. Oh, I get that email all the time. From who? Uh various people. Maybe it's time to change the email. Mm, that could be. Yeah. That's done that easy. Yeah. Usually, I just, if I recognize, I just delete. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, then how are you going to get any of my other emails? <laughs> oh, no. See what I did there? I went for the joke. All right, so that's when you're having a bad day there at Meteor, right? Uh-huh. All right. Now you're having a good day. What's Fezzy doing on a good day? What would be a good day? Where I'm engaging in a conversation, I'm bringing topics to the air. Right, well, give I'm us hungry. the time that you did it, and then they were mean to you. Well, I think yesterday was a perfect example. I was talking about that Mississippi license plate. I was talking about um, whistleblowing, and it was just, you know, and it was just, oh, why don't you go suck a cock? No yeah. one said that. Yes, they I did. They think. said it yesterday. <laughs> I don't think they said Lettuce that. Wraps. No, but here's sucking. the thing. Oh. You just said that again. Oh. Where the fuck that come from? But... Here's the thing, Fez. When the callers disagree with you, doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. I mean, you do have some crazy points of view, and there's one topic that you go back to a lot. A real right. lot. Oh, the yeah. marriage topic. So people, you know, that's going to be one of those things that's divisive. You haven't gone up here and gone like this. The best kind of pudding is chocolate. You know, you, you've... You've brought it like if I start if Fred came in here and I start going, Fred, let's go through all the great presidents of all time, Carter, Clinton, Obama. He's going to be on the other side of that for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't mean that he hates me or wants me to die. He just has a different opinion. Yeah. And then when I do have a bad day, it's, you well, know, let's stay with a good day first. 
So that is good if, if, let's say, Fred came in here and we really disagree with each other, right? That could be seen as a good show. Yeah, but it's not, it's not to engage me. It's to try to shut me back down. It's not to have a good show. Well, I'm confused now. What about, let's just turn it to Zito. <laughs> Zito doesn't want me to have a good show. Yes, I do. There's no way. I, without a doubt, want you to have a good show. If I didn't bring in fucking eggs, you wouldn't get to do this lame poster bit for the third day in a row. But the entire rest of my life would be easier. So I think that that would be good. If you were having a good show, you wouldn't be so stressed out and, and everything would run smoothly. So I always want oh, you to have I, a good everything show. Everything doesn't run smoothly because I'm stressed out. You're, you're so on the ball all the time. Now, hold on. Haven't we all said that Zito's good for you because it gives you somebody to be mad at? Uh-huh. Well, why is that bad, then, he's, that you're getting to be mad at him and the poster? Maybe this is the good stuff for you. See, he's just like a, he's just like a lousy caller, though. All right, so you want to do a show with no callers and Zito can't come in. No, I'm not saying no. I, 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 you know, some of the callers are good. We add a lot of, they add a lot of good things. But it's the ones, it's the haters that Fred knows about. Mm-hmm. Haters be hating. You have haters on your do. podcast. Um, uh, nobody calls me. <laughs> That's what Fez will do. Fez would do fantastic there. Yeah. How long have you been doing your podcast now? Since you uh, gave me the opportunity on XM, probably two years now. It seems like the way to go is calling it a smodcast. I, I just my, I don't want to spend the hundred and twenty-five dollars on therapy each week, so I just talk into the microphone. I figure one or two people listening is better than just one. What about a Fredcast? You call it Fredcast. <laughs> uh, why not? Uh, where we do you do your uh, podcast out there, Hicks? I pulled together some fucking cheap uh, equipment to take care of it. Where do you do it? Out of your house? Uh, in Brooklyn. Whose house in Brooklyn? My buddy Chris's. It's it's kind of divey, but it works. And where do you put this? Is it a video, too, like Fred does? No, no. I just pre-recorded highsideradio.net. Why don't you guys ever do a, a, a kind of... Um, Video cast as well. Oh, we don't have like any, a pal talk. We don't have any sort of video cameras. That's classy. What about uh, you go over Fred's house one day? You can try more that than out. welcome. We'll have a party over there. Well, you do a thing uh, where I got maybe the 20s. you go on for an hour before Fred. Yeah, in the twenties, he just stops, plays music, smokes a joint. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know why that does not in a regular radio. I, I hear it did in the old days. Well. That would have been the that would have been the off day. That would have been the frustrating day. Um, here is Larry. Larry Armanifest. Hey guys, I think everybody's looking at this wrong. I think Fezzy wants to kick somebody's ass there in the workplace, so instead of doing it, he just pulls back into himself, locks himself up. That way, there everybody keeps shitting on him. Instead of hurting the person and getting in trouble, he just takes the blame on himself. All right, so you're actually thinking of Fez as Kung Fu, where he's taking it, taking it, taking it. Want to kick the poster? You want to try kicking the poster? I don't want anything punch to it? do with that poster. Just fucking well, punch it. But well, why Give wouldn't it that poster. be the thing? Oh, do you have anger inside, Fez? Oh, yeah, I mean, I get angry, but it's usually just at myself. Take it out on the poster. Yeah. What are you angry at yourself for? For, you know, having these uh, moments... A day like today, I get, trust me, I, like I said earlier, no one gets more frustrated than me. Oh, that's not true. There's the rest of us. <laughs> um, 
So, again, here's another thing. You think it would be a great idea for him to kick the poster? Kind of use that as a symbolic break. Do something physical to just let it out. Fred, here's what drives me crazy about Fez. He's like, oh, it's all about Fred. It's all about Fred. Fred comes in here. He gives you some advice. You don't take it. You don't take that advice. X. Yes? Would... Do you know if we should throw fucking Zito out the window? Would that make Fez better? Like basically just throw, throw him through a fucking window and murder him? Oh, it's, no. Well, unless he lives. I mean, if he fucking makes it to the bottom, 36 stories and lives, that's God's will. Can I, can I come back if I do that? Congrats. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. You can go back, get your ass kicked again. But you will not be thrown out the window. <laughs> um... <laughs> John, you're on a Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. I yes. wanted to defend Fez. Y'all did kind of make light and bust his balls about the Mississippi license plate yesterday, but Anderson Cooper did like 15 or 20 minutes on the same thing last night. Oh, I'm sure he would. He's going to see me, too. No one, ever met, no one ever busted fucking balls on Fez. I just said to him, you realize that most people... He just took the pulse. What is he doing with the poster now? Oh, I'm sure he's got his 400th poster joke. He's doing the worst drawing I've ever seen on the poster. He's drawing something. Oh, Zito. Oh, Zito. Now what? Uh, I, it's punch it now. Oh, jeez. Oh, Just to get attention, he stepped right in the middle of everything. Yeah, see, he stopped the middle. Uh, you know, a guy called in about Anderson Cooper. Let's stop everything, make a spectacle of ourselves on the studio floor, and draw a big picture of ourselves for the self-promotion. Well, I was going to do this, or I was going to dress up like Hitler. Give me this. Or wear a wig. Yeah, Those are the three things I was considering, and I decided to write on the poster. If he wants to punch it, he will. He's been offered. All right, I was just giving him. Why are you taking a shot? Like I'll that? take it. No, what, but why do you take the thing that he just said to you about your life's work and just take it? He, he's got nothing. He's absolutely got nothing. It's This is him. He gets caught in a thing of self-promotion one more time. So he, he these, thinks, these he's, are, I'm a weak target. You. That's not... That's how you look at it. Yes. You can't look at yourself no, like that. You're not. I'm having a fucking bad day, so he thinks he's going to fucking take advantage of it. Because you're tell telling us facts. That is not the way to keep a fucking little skinny bully like this from picking on you. What am I? Am I supposed to go snap his neck? Well, that's not going to happen. Why are you asking questions? Why are you asking questions? And what are you saying, strong boy? I'm saying, if you, you think you can beat me up? No, I don't. But if you Bring want, it up. If, if I'm you right want, here. If you want to fucking make a move on me, I swear to Christ, that's not going right to go down. I'm right fucking here, asshole. Can I just tell you, both of you move back. And Zito, in the fucking hospital, you could be saying, thank God Bennington's in jail for what he did to me. Because if he gets out, he'll fucking do it again. Never in your <laughs> fucking wildest dreams act like you're ever going to get fucking physical with that guy. Or fucking ask him to bring it on. And you fucking look down. You take those fucking eyes. Don't eyeball me, motherfucker. I'll fucking end this shit here. Don't ever fucking play that game. I'm not going to talk to like Shut that. Shut the fuck up. You're get out of this fucking studio. You get talk to the any the way fuck I fucking want to talk to you. It's my show. The fuck? Uh-oh. It's my fucking show. What? You know, I, I couldn't believe he stood up like that. I couldn't believe he stood up like that. But I got to tell you, standing between you two in fighting poses probably felt the safest I ever felt. 
I, 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 there was, was no. What could happen? Yeah, absolutely nothing. It'd be like being in a fucking balloon fight. <laughs> I saw the slaps coming any second. Wow. Fezzi, you never should even get to that fucking point. That point shouldn't even fucking arise. Don't feel like that's a fucking success. I understand, but it's... Fez, you stood the fuck up, though. You were ready. You were ready. Your hands by your side. I saw one of your fists bowled. But it's I, like I... fucking... It's like I'm going to be in a fist fight against my own puppy. It's because he doesn't fucking know where to belong here. A fucking... They're not going to fucking appreciate you if you're fucking coming across weak. And you don't have to go from that fucking... From nothing to fucking fighting. You don't need to do it. Where that fucking kid could stand up like that. Never should it get to that fucking point. It's like one of these kids that their 14-year-old fucking kid suddenly feels like, I'm going to see if today's the day. Why did you ever let him get to that fucking point? Hmm. Um, oh, boy. Here's Ryan in Texas. You're on Hey, what's up, guys? I can't believe that fucking shit Zio tried to pull. That's so fucked up. I just want to encourage everyone to listen to the Fred from Brooklyn podcast, FredBrooklyn.com, Fred on iTunes, Fred Brooklyn on iTunes, and also in the Pal Talk rooms. Uh, thank you a lot. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. My name is Paul. Oops, I just fucking cut him off as he was ready. To there is that. nobody else. I see. I, that's the good thing about having so few listeners. Listeners. Yeah. I could tell just by the beginning that he was saying his name is Apollo Fire. Just by the beginning. That's him. You see? I know my listeners by name. Oh, Fez, let me go back to this other thing. Uh-huh. Out of all the gifts that you have, physicality is probably your least fucking one. Right. Why was that there? Why was that being put on the fucking table? Boy, he's You still have up. 99 other fucking things that you could have done with this kid before you jumped up. I was answering what people were saying. Okay. So that is a defensive fucking move. It means you're not owning the fucking room. You should have stood up and told him to get the fuck out of here. Take control, man. Come on, that was a... You, oh, he had the rage in his eyes. I, that fire. Yeah, he does have rage. That kid's got a lot of little anger in him. He, uh, well, he's an only child. Mm. So he's always been told that he's precious. Oh, and well. perfect. Throw a fucking toaster at him, then. And then uh, he got here and found out that he's not. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking good kid, Fez. He wants to be fucking part of something. He got put in this situation like we got put in this situation. He's not the fucking enemy. The enemy is other fucking places. That kid wants to fucking like you. He wants to be part of things with you. But you set up this, and I'm not saying it's 100% him, but he wants fucking mic time, right? Uh huh. Do you find any way of being in it with him? Do you fucking go over his writing with him and stuff and thinking here's a fucking thing we could do. He knows he can get mic time and the listeners are all like, hey, that's fucking good for you, Zito. You're getting feds to fucking stand up. When you fucking yelled at him this, that day, his buddies at the other show were like, you can't take that shit. He's got other people pushing him. Why do they got to fucking hold over his fucking, his soul in his direction and you don't? He doesn't respect me. He didn't come in here respecting me. You got to get people to respect him, to respect you. You got to walk that fucking line. Uh, Julian, you're in my defense. 
I just got an XM radio, and this is the first thing I've listened to, and I was very moved. Um, I just heard the way that you were standing up for your partner, and I think it's great. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's one thing, uh, you know, one thing is fucking uh, whatever. I just had to fucking stop that situation. But Zito's a good kid. He is a good kid. He's going to be around. Right. What is it? Fucking Hicks, you need to break every five seconds? Not every five seconds. We'll catch up. You were telling me to break the whole time Marsha Gay Harden was in your toe. <laughs> no. Never. All right, we'll be right back. Ron Fez Show. Ron and Fez. The virus on Sirius XM. Who are you? The Antichrist. You got me in a vendetta kind of mood. You tell the angels in heaven you never seen evil so singularly personified as you did in the face of the man who killed you. Do a fest show? Uh, Fred Brooklyn hanging out with us today. Fred, how do people uh, listen to your podcast? Um, FredBrooklyn.Podomatic.com. But I'm not, I'm not expecting anything. It's really a place called Podomatic? Yeah, that's where you listen. You get an RSS feed and things like that to, uh, to be able to be on iTunes. And uh, FredBrooklyn.Podomatic.com. Listen, listen live on Sunday nights. Oh, it's a... All of laughs. Um, TJ, you're on a fez. TJ, once, twice. Hey. Trouble hearing you, buddy. Uh, my fucking phone's dying. I'll right, talk to you next time. Here's Dave, Ohio. You're on a fez. Yeah. You got, Ron, you got to let Cito go. I don't know how he can take going home every day after being bullied by a, by a sissy. Cry baby. Right, I'm going to bring Zito back in here because that got a little ugly there for a couple minutes. I don't know where Fez and Zito were going to get physical. Send him in here. Here's Zito. He's wearing the serious hat, Fez. He loves it here. Did you calm down a little bit? Yes, I did. I did. How did we get to that point? I, How, what are you doing standing up to Fez saying, come on, this guy's had three heart attacks. I know. And it makes I, him feel tough, I guess. Fez, that ain't fucking making things easier, is it? You can't fucking fight a guy that had three heart attacks. I know. And I, I can't let a guy who had three heart attacks fight. I understand that. It was more just like, I don't, I can't think of another work environment where it was okay for a boss to talk to somebody like that, and I, I fucking... Where the fuck have you ever worked, then? Well... Uh-huh. You must have worked some goddamn easy places. Where you work, fast food? <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah, man. Mm. But the, 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 the thing is, I, I just I kind of lost myself in that, and I was like, let's go. I, I did, wasn't right. I was, you know, I, I'm trying to be a man in here, too. And I understand no one's that to me completely. Like that. I understand that 100%, but it never has to get physical, and I can't let a guy with three stents get in a physical fight. Mm-hmm. And you got a lot of anger in you, kid. I see it in your eyes. Oh, you <laughs> give it away. You got a lot of anger in you. He's got crazy eyes. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I mean, I, I definitely had anger in that situation. You get anger a lot, but you, you got hunger. That's a good thing, but you gotta, you gotta be careful because you're not exactly carrying around where you know places you can get angry. You live in New York City. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, I, yeah. 
Um, Daniel, you're on Runa Fez. Yeah, I'm just, you know, what's he supposed to do when someone says they're going to snap his neck? He can't just... I get that 100%. Fez crossed the line there, but at the same point, it can't get physical. Particularly when a guy said three... I mean, seriously, how many punches would be thrown before he's laying on the ground and we're calling the paramedics? I don't know. I... But... You ever see him run up the steps? No. You've never seen him around here. Well, I've seen him walk up the steps. I, I hadn't seen him run up the steps. I, I know I, it's I, like a joke to you, but there no, is yeah. a fucking real thing. No, I know. That I, he's I, huffing and puffing. You've seen me get to the top of the steps, and you've even said, are you all right? All right. At the same time, Fez, you, this, you also don't want to adopt the grandmother role. I know that the grandmother was the peak in your family with the B, right? Oh, yeah. She was the matriarch. You don't want to be the fucking matriarch. Because maybe that looked fucking powerful to you because people were big, bringing her stuff and checking on her. It don't work in a fucking man's world. You got to stop that. Okay. And fucking Fred even tried to make a point to you. A guy doesn't come into work and say there's something wrong with me. You, you would fucking normally just hide that and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce, you're on my fist. Hey, guys, uh, I just think it's bullshit because uh, why are you guys being so nice to Fez? He's the one who started. Uh, he's the one who mentioned snapping uh, Zito's neck. So I get 100%. My only fucking point was um, Zito doesn't understand how close he was to like some kind of a manslaughter charge. These kind of things happen. Let me tell you something. I'm very good friends with uh, Marsha Gay Harden. She's got a fine new movie coming out in a lifetime to let you know how weird shit can get. I don't want it to be a Lifetime movie about you. That'd be bad. Not good. Hicks, you know who would be perfect to play you in the movie? Oh, who's that? Marsha Gay Harding. <laughs> I hope she could take the role. Let's get a script to her. All right. I'm going, I know that you don't fucking number the first page now. That's why I didn't sell any scripts. I always had a big one. <laughs> on uh, Bill, you're on my face. Bill, that lost you. Uh, Cody, you're on my face. Yeah, I think uh, the problem with Stuzzy, this is twice now, he's uh, threatened to attack two interns. I understand. I understand. Uh, Sean, you're on my face. Mark Zito, cardholder number two, checking in. Zito! Yeah, the kid was just sticking up for himself, Ronnie, man. I mean, jeez, I mean, Fred's threatened to snap his neck. What's the kid supposed to think about when you was 20-something? Uh, job or no job, anybody threatening violence on you, you're going to step up and... Uh, you know, fuck the job. I mean, Zito just fucking, he didn't... Hey, this ain't a fucking matter of what's right or wrong. I'm telling you, if fucking I see that angry kid going after Fez, I don't care if Fez is a million percent in the wrong. I'm telling Zito, remove Fez. himself from the fucking situation. Remove yourself. This whole thing is I'm going to prove my manhood. That can't fucking happen in a radio studio. It doesn't happen that way. And this, this Zito's got a lot of anger in those eyes. A lot of anger. I don't know what the hell happened to you. There's fury underneath this teasing that you're doing. Fury. I think he's going to be one of those... All right, mark my words. Write this down. He's going to be one of those guys that hurts a girl someday. Hurts a girl. I don't think that's right at all. We'll have to wait and see. Like emotionally? I, I, I guess so. You don't fucking blink. No, like the preppy killer. And He's got a thousand yards there. Yeah, he does. Really does. Well, no, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. 
You still look, you're still crazy eyed. I know that you're forcing your anger back down, but you got eyes on you right now like you're ready to frag somebody. Uh, Garrett, you're in my Fez. Yeah, man, I think it's just a territory thing with Fez. Maybe if he could spread Zito's ass cheeks as stiff as asshole, then everything would be cool and they'd know that I don't want to start doing that in here. I think that's wrong. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Uh. Hicks, I know you didn't move a bit, you fish hippie. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I just watched it go down. Fez, what would you like to say to Zito to put this thing behind us? Uh, I didn't mean for it to go to that level. I was answering what, what callers were saying. And so I did not mean for it to escalate to that level. Neither did I. See that? Best girlfriends again. Best girlfriends again. BFF. Yeah, but Fezzy just said something. Mark was quick to stand up and just start walking in that direction. I don't you know. You would have said that, Fe you, that Zito was the first one? As far as getting up, yes. Well, that's just because it had happened before. And I hadn't done anything. What's he going to do? Jump across the table? You were ready to head well, and you were ready to walk around well, the back the, of Ron and go take him on. Well, the reason was because the only other time he's ever gotten that strong with me, there was glass in between us, and I felt What's like that's strong? Come on. Well, yelling like that. Uh, yelling. Well, I mean. Come on. He's sensitive, this kid. You don't understand his sensitivity. He's like one of these kids. If he had like, uh, like nine mattresses and you put a pee under one of them, I'd feel that pee. I bet you would, right on the fucking back of your throat. Smell it. No, yeah. no, it's not. It's not urine. It's it's. Uh... No, it ain't mine. <laughs> uh, you can fucking. It'll be one of your friends, not mine. Um, still urine my face. Hey, Ronnie B. How you doing today? Yeah. Hello. What's up? You're on the air. I don't know what to do. Oh. I gotta walk you through this. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, sorry. Hey, I was just calling, actually, to stick up for Fez. I believe uh, the whole problem there was Fez said, what should I do? Should I uh, get up and snap his neck? And Zito right away took a serious offense to that. And then it just kind of got out of hand out of there. But uh, I think what Zito doesn't understand is that you guys are the host of the show. You know, he's uh, working for you guys. The last uh, but, thing in yeah, any I, job everybody gets do. that, but I look... If I'm fucking some kid coming out of school and I see the host sitting there and not acting and crying on the air, blah, 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 I'm uh, I'm probably going to try to take fucking advantage. I know I put myself in that position, but it doesn't mean uh, someone should take advantage of it. Why not? Well, that's, that's the way life is. You leave a dollar hanging out of your pocket, someone's going to pick it out of there. Who Come said it's fair to any of this stuff? Here's what fucking... Let, let, Put yourself in fucking Zito's head. All he wants is a mic. And he lied and chewed and fought his way in here to get into this fucking building. And he doesn't give a shit whether it's this show, that show over there. He's got no loyalty to anybody but himself. He should look over at you and feel like, oh, I'm going to look out for Fez. All right. So uh, that's that's my mistake. What I mistake thought, did you have? I thought there might have been some of that there, but I guess not. Why would there be? No, I, you're, you're well, absolutely see, you right. This is work. This is a place where people come to work. Fez, you're also making it sound like I try and fuck you at every turn. I don't. I help you all the time with stuff, and you help me. Oh, like, that's nice. I, well, I mean, like... <laughs> um, Jay, you're my Fez. 
Anyways, uh, I think now what's done is done. How do you? What do you do now with the working relationship between Zito and Fez? How does it? How do you keep it from getting to that point again? Because I think there's just. Well, uh, what do you say, Fez? I won't bring up snapping anyone's neck. But again, Even when it's brought up to me, I won't. I just won't bring it up anymore. So it's more stuff you're, you're not going to do. You're, you're going to have callers that are call that are. That are busting your balls all the time and telling you to do this and do that and it's gonna gonna get you to that point again i mean the same thing with zito zito's gonna have his you know big big ass card holder number two coming in back him up but i mean you guys gotta work it out a little bit <laughs> well, that's it boy well fred yeah i i hope i hoped i think you did i, I hope i did quite a bit i think we learned more about zito today too we learned a little bit about fez uh, we learned nothing about the man in the shadows, Chris Stanley. Here I is, in the shadows. Oh. It's an ugly day. Fez, he'll come out of it. I know he will. I know he will. Let me just say, I, I've always believed that. I've always believed that. But, I don't know. Don't buy this. no fucking eggs tomorrow. Just Don't come in with a crutch. Just do it. Do it. Suck it out of hand here, Fred. Oh, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I will tell you this. I'll tell you the same thing that my father said to me when I was a kid. He said, it's an ugly planet, it's a bug planet. And then my mom said to me, the bugs whacked us, Johnny. The bugs whacked us. There's a brain bug. Yay, it's afraid. Woo! Well, today we found the brain bug. It was the brain bug in Fez. What did you learn from today, Fez? To pay more attention to Fred Brooklyn. What? Did you I'm there the for you, buddy. He said? What's that? Did you do one of the bits of advice he had? Yes, I will. I'll email you my phone number. Call me anytime, even if it's on the air. I'll give you. I'll be. I'm there for you, Fez. Maybe that's what you could say when you're feeling locked up. This is a. <laughs> this is Fred Brooklyn time. <laughs> what would Fred Brooklyn do? Um. What wouldn't he do? <laughs> All right. I want to say uh, thanks to my uh, best friend, Marsha Gay Harden. It's nice to make a lifelong friend. Amanda Knox, Murder on the Trial in Italy, premieres this Monday, February 21st, 9 o'clock on Lifetime. Check that out on mylifetime.com. David, you're on Ren Fez. Hey, guys, thanks for the show today. I was Oscar-worthy. Fantastic. Great entertainment. Way to go, guys. Thanks. thanks. Camp Tallahassee, you're on Ren Fez. Uh, hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not an expert. I do have five radio shows, but I was uh, thinking if you let Fez try and phone it in, because he's always radio gold when he's um, phoning in. Oh, hey. You do like to phone it in, Fez. I'll be in tomorrow. I won't be phoning it in. Are you bringing your parents? No. Huge mistake. You and your dad could beat the shit out of Zito. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.